Hello, welcome to episode 73 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is John, and I'm joined this week by my co-host, Chris. Hey. We're back from our holiday vacation, and we're here with our second, technically, video ever. But this time, we're going to keep up with it. We're going to be posting video versions of the podcast uh, every episode. So if you're listening on a podcast format right now and you want to watch the video, head on over to YouTube. This is uh, available live not quite live live in the past anyways uh this week we're gonna be live recording yes live recording <laughs> better than no video right uh but we're back from our break and we're gonna be continuing this every other week like normal same format we've been doing for a while now so look forward to that this week we're gonna be talking about the current state of modern and pioneer what's been going on while we've been away on our holiday break and we're also going to be looking at some spicy Theros Beyond Death spoilers, which strangely is not abbreviated as TBD. It's THB, I found out, which ruined all of my cleverly planned jokes. <laughs> but uh, sad. speaking of TBD, uh, Chris, let's talk about uh, what you've been up to these more than two weeks that we've been gone. Um, well, I was on vacation for two of those weeks, uh, went to the East Coast, saw my family over there, did not play a single thing of Magic at all, ever. I'm convinced now that if you just go to the East Coast, you never play Magic again. That's, I've got a sample size of two. Two out of two would not play ever again on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> I thought about bringing cards over there, and I was like, nah, there's there's no way I'm going to have I'm out of time for any of that shit, so. Yeah, no, not happening did not happen um so i was only able to play any magic at all uh for last friday at great escape and so you know after not playing magic for quite a while being rather rusty you know i just had to bring back um a pretty easy deck you know to get back in the swing of things so i brought amulet titan oh yes um i've never i've never not once heard you complain about having issues getting back into the swing of that deck you know, as you do. <laughs> uh, and it wouldn't be an FNM playing Amulet if I didn't get paired against goddamn Mike on the fucking mirror match and losing. <laughs> yeah. Again. How'd that go? How'd you lose, Chris? Oh, I have um perfect, perfect explanations. Well, you see, um, game one... I somehow won the die roll, which was a surprise to be sure. Wow. But a welcome one. But and you didn't win. The problem was my Titan cost nine mana, his cost six. Huh. So his came into play a turn, half a turn earlier than mine did. So I, I did the big die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. I mean, he may have had the tools to break serve because if I had played it on my turn anyway, because he had an Oko, which could have Velked my Titan and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, uh, game two, I mulligan to five. And I played a Titan on turn three and one. And then game three. <laughs> Just riveting mirror matches. <laughs> um... What happened in game three? Oh, he he kind of just had everything. He ghost quartered. Th- so I played a breeding pool on turn two, 
and he just ghost quartered it. Like, turn one, snake pass. I'm like, okay, amulet go. He's like, untap land pass. Breeding pool, untap trigger from the amulet. He's like, oh, activate my scout, ghost quarter that. I'm like, wow, that's a very aggressive ghost quarter. <laughs> hmm. He thought it was a civic growth chamber, so. Yeah, hashtag didn't matter, still had all these. Uh, so his draw consisted of uh, a, a Termon Scout, a Ghost Quarter, an Amulet, uh, I believe an Azusa, Bounce Lands, Titan, and Pact Navigation. None, none of this was stirred or once upon a time or transmuted or nothing. It wasn't even a green pact, it was just, it was just a Titan. <laughs> Meanwhile, I had, like, not quite all of those things, so I... Yeah, it, uh, being on the draw and having a slightly worse hand in your opponent in the mirror means you lose. We're going to have to start a spinoff podcast about just you playing Amulet Mirror matches. We're going to call it Sewing Salt. <laughs> Sewing Salt Podcast. Three in a red. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I technically beat everything else I played um, throughout the night. And proving once again Amulet best deck can only lose to itself, just like Just Guy Dragons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's definitely how that against... one works. What the hell did I play against? I played against Jund. It's a rare beast. No, okay, okay, sorry. My round two. My opponent, when he died in game one, what he had in play was a ghostly prison, mm-hmm. a sacred foundry, and three reflecting pools. What? Reflecting? Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is like some red white you know prison deck right like the old sun and moon style decks like reflecting pool is kind of weird because it's like don't you have more red white dual lands you could play I don't know that, but that's what I was thinking ghostly prison and so in this scenario I don't what 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 would you think uh, your opponent would name if they started off the game with a turn one Power of Souls. Human? After seeing, like, what I saw game one. Oh. Uh, fuck, I don't know, man. <laughs> For those of you playing along at home, if you guessed Sliver, you win! <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I yeah, see. obviously... So he plays Cavern named Sliver, and I'm sitting there looking at this fucking negate in my hand. <laughs> like, I mean, I think I've misread the situation. I guess, yeah, reflecting pool. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> I technically did use the, my, my negate, though. Yeah, what did you negate? A collector company? A chalice of the void. Excellent. <laughs> X was going to be three. Well, X was three. What the fuck? His thinking was it would counter Oko, which was the only thing that I could have done to get rid of his sliver hive lord, making all of his slivers indestructible. Because <laughs> I had the Academy Ruins EE loop going on, and he's like, LOL, sliver hive lord, they're indestructible. I'm like, huh. <laughs> well, I guess we're never drawing that EE again. <laughs> yeah. So that went straight to the fucking Shadow Realm. Holy shit. <laughs> That's funny. So did, <clears throat> did you, you won, obviously. Yeah, so, but he's like playing like a sliver like prison deck. So apparently there's a sliver that gives all your slivers the opposition clause. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's sick. 
new to me. And then there's also like, I think it's called Dormant Sliver. It's blue, green, two. It's like a two, four. All your Slithers have Defender. And when they come into play, draw a card. <laughs> She's supposed to like sack it to another Sliver or something. Like, or. Uh, he, has, he, had a, he has one Necrotic Sliver. There's like uh, a Frenetic Ifrit Sliver as well. You could like kill him with, I think. And there's another sliver that says, like, tap it, deal two damage to the creature or player, and deal three damage to itself. So you just, like, sit there and amass, like, ten slivers and then just nuke your opponent. <laughs> Nuclear launch detected. And I guess if your <laughs> slivers are indestructible with High Lord, you can just, you know, keep doing it. What the fuck? Oh, because... <laughs> Because they're destructible. Wow. It doesn't, it doesn't sack them. It just deals the No, damage. it just deals damage to themselves. Wow. I guess the original idea was like you just have a like a big, swole-ass sliver, and it just would punch itself and not die. Or even if it does die, if you have enough of them, I don't know who cares. Yeah. That's so amazing. When you can and slivers, slivers are sick. No one plays that deck. Yeah, so this is like very different than the traditional slivers list. Yeah, like the like beat down slivers deck. Yeah, like beat down slivers. Uh but yeah, game two his he didn't have as many slivers as I had zombies. I had to I had to take a moment there to pour myself a new beer while I listened to the story, sorry. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out um Azusa plus two Field of the Dead and a bounce land uh goes wider than the old prison sliver deck. And he did not have a ghostly prison this time. Not that it would have mattered, thanks to my EE loop, which was made irrelevant by his, you know, indestructible sliver. But, yeah, <laughs> sliver prison. That's amazing. <laughs> I just don't even it's know what to say Kind of sweet, really, yeah. Yeah, it's really sweet. <laughs> so game one, he lost because he just didn't have any of the right colors of mana. Because he only had those red-white lands. Shocker. Yeah, that... Yeah, I don't think I saw any red-white slivers in his deck. Like, if I saw, like, red, white... The Reflecting Pool, I guess, is a giveaway, but, like, red, white crap. I'd expect, like, some sort of ancient... A ghostly prison? Like, I I wouldn't have thought a ghostly prison would be a sliver deck. I would expect, like, some ancient-ass, like, Kithkin deck or something. (laughs) I don't even know. Like, I think... Was ghostly prison in that that same block? Sometimes people, like, bring... Oh, it's so, nice. Sometimes people yeah. like show up with these like you know decks. They like blow the dust off the box from a closet somewhere and show up at F and M with some. Yeah, it's like an extended deck from you know yeah. ten years, like probably more than ten years ago. But yeah, I definitely played it when someone was playing like Cloud Thresher one time or something. I was like, "Wow, what the fuck is going on here?" Yeah. But, uh, that's sweet. So you beat yeah. Slivers. Yeah, beat Slivers. Uh, then I think it's Jund. And he just couldn't quite do Jund things well enough. Um, <laughs> game one, he tried his best, but my last card in hand was basically a Titan, and off the top, here's land number six, here's a Titan, game's over now, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, game two was very much the similar way. Um, he had like Liliana, there was, like, he plussed it. But I had two cards in hand, one of which was a Titan. So goodbye, excess land, untap play a Titan, goodbye, um, all hopes of winning opponent. <laughs> Straight to the Shadow Realm, right? 
Yeah, it's weird because like he kept playing the same land off of Renin Six. Like he was drawing non-land cards, but he just couldn't. I don't know. I guess they just weren't relevant enough. I think he had like a couple of glyphs or something, and maybe got EE away or something. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, sad times for him. Amulet is definitely a scary deck these days. Oh, actually, no. I think he, I think he spent the like all of his cards trying to. Get rid of my Oko. <laughs> so that's about right. For a Which he did. Oko finally went away. And then I just untapped and played a Primeval Titan. I guess Jen can play Dreadbore if they're like really concerned about Oko these days, which they probably should be. Yeah. Going from instant to sorcery speed, definitely smarts, but... Yeah, I had Explosive one the... sitting on two one game, and he blood-braided into his second Tarmogwave. <laughs> Nice. Could you imagine bloodbraiding into an Oko? Oh. <laughs> you can turn your you can turn into an elk and it doesn't have haste anymore. <laughs> Just attack in and then give it an extra point of toughness on the back end. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't afraid of no shock. Wild slash ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> Maybe they have like a protection from red creature, and you're just like, ah, not next time. Next time, got him. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then uh, last round, I guess technically we drew because opponent offered. I was like, okay, fine. Then you, but it was burn, and he did the big die. <laughs> uh, he didn't draw enough searing effects, I guess. He took one Gobble Guide, but Scout stuck around for too long. Oh, and yeah. And I, I think I just naturally found my Radiant Fountain. So it was pretty gross. I also had Oko Game 1 against him. <laughs> I like how this story keeps getting worse and worse for the burn player. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, no staring effects. I was like, oh, okay, that sounds reasonable. You know, oh, yeah, you know, Scout stuck around. I was like, yeah, that's pretty bad. And you're like, oh, yeah, then I just had the best land of my deck. Oh, okay, I definitely understand how you win now. And you're like, also, I had fucking okay. <laughs> like, what a fucking shit you won. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> Yeah. So in game two, I have a terminal name, and then turn two, Azusa, replay Bounce Land, Stirrings, Stirrings finds Radiant Fountain, play Radiant Fountain, pass. So I pass back to him on my turn two with, um, I guess, Land, Radiant Fountain, Amulet, Azusa, and at 20 life after taking a hit from a Goblin Guide. So he attacks me again. I think it reveals something like a Summoner's Pact or something. Or, or Primeval Titan, I think it was. And then he, like, post-combat um, skew the critics my face, not my Azusa, and then suspended a Rift Bolt. I was like, okay, definitely should have killed the Azusa. So I just untap, play a Titan, and, you know, do the, do thing. the thing. Yeah. And no so he, like, scoops and he's like, oh, I don't think I can beat that. And as he's, like, putting his cards away... I like, well, actually, maybe I could have. Like, eh, maybe I could have. Go ahead, Deflecting Pump and Path. I'm like, no. <laughs> I still don't think you win that game. Deflecting Pump. Because Deflect- I had another, I had a pact in my hand too, so I already have another Titan. You already took eight damage. How does Palm work with Double Strike? Does it just reflect the first? Just the first strike. Yeah, okay. And the regular strike just 
slaps them. So he'd take like eight, not 16, and you would take eight. Yeah. But I meant like with the attack on the Titan, <clears throat> I would go back to like 13. No, sorry. Um, 17, maybe 19, depending on how I decide to replay the bounce lands and whatever. Gotcha. So you weren't just going to like get burned out the next turn or something if you didn't have a pass? No, absolutely not. That's rough. Yeah, deflecting palm is probably not enough. I don't know. Probably, like, probably just like kind of. Well, I guess if they've kind of gotten you low, they could kill you with the first strike damage. Two mana deal uh, eight like some, is like pretty. A lot of other titan players feel like deflecting palm is the only way they lose to burn. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. At first, I thought it was kind of shitty, but actually thinking it through a little bit more, I mean, it is like way overrate for burn. And if they let you do the thing, you're probably going to hit them. I guess the real risk, though, is that like if they let you like do the thing, then you could like, you know, get a pact or something with Teleria West. But I mean, they can't really stop you from doing the thing. Yeah. And they don't really <laughs> want to either. Like, Deflecting Palm is more like a card that's like, oh, they did the thing, maybe I don't lose. Because they're not going to, like, not burn you out and just, like, hold their, like, Deflecting Palm the whole time, right? Like, they're going to, they're just going to end of turn burn you anyways, and you're going to die or you're not going to die. Like, they're not going to just sit there and, like, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I'm going to get this guy at this Deflecting I mean, some people might, but it's probably not, like, the best strategy. Yeah, it seems fine, I guess. Yeah, so I don't know. Like a lot of some people say, like they leave pack navigation in their deck specifically for deflecting palm. I didn't even bother boarding it in this time. Mm. I don't know. I just didn't respect it at all. <laughs> you running? There's no bailoffs in the board anymore, right? Uh, I have one in my board right now. Yeah, one because yeah, the meta is just like not like in that direction really right like you're not you're not playing against like discard gen decks very much well i at great escape there's way more people playing Liliana on the veil than like otherwise i never run into which is why i'm playing a bail off at all i like never run into people playing veil which i wish i would because man 4c snow fucking slaps that card (laughs) like oh you want to take cards out of your hands by all means excellent i'm gonna just two for one a whole bunch and then kill your Liliana before it ults. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's like a couple John players, and even some of the Shadow players are playing Liliana's now, so... Mm. I'm then, more than happy if the Shadow players are like going up the curve. And there were like a ton... So before I went on um, vacation, there were like a ton of burn players. Yeah, there have been a lot of burn players. I've been rejiggering things for the... There's been a ton of burn just like online, too, for a while now. Yeah, so I'd been like kind of trimming out on on burn like hate. And I was like, eh, maybe we <laughs> should respect a little bit more. Yeah, let's put some weather the storms in your sideboard, dude. I don't think that's a good card in my deck. <laughs> no, at not, all. not at all. <laughs> it would be sweet though if you got to like go like you know like amulet scout weather the storm gain nine <laughs> or some shit. <laughs> Or like with explore builds, just like explore, explore, explore. <laughs> Weather, yeah. One. Game twelve. Ah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what uh, what have you been up to, John? 
Well, I, I've been still locked into my my uh, extremely monogamous relationship with Four C Snow. Uh, <laughs> I haven't really played much of anything else. I'm still very much enjoying the deck. Um, been kind of like tweaking it week to week, like a few sideboard cards, one or two main deck cards for the local meta. Whoever shows up, I'm like, oh, looks like there's a lot of burn players tonight or a lot of Tron. So sub one or two things out. I kind of like having a deck that you can kind of tweak like that. It's fun. Um, but um, yeah, I've just been playing a lot of that. Um, deck is like a 3-1 machine, I guess. <laughs> I always get got by like something. I got got by burn the week before last. This past week, I lost to old school Grixis Wurza, but they had a splash for sideboard Oko. <laughs> and like, I don't know, you know how you know how much that deck just grinds value, and it's a lot of it's coming coming out of the graveyard, recurring. Um, my deck my deck's pretty dense on the you know the card advantage, but um, uh, it's really hard to beat uh, stuff that ETBs with uh two for one attached to it you know stuff like uh, uh the goblin um goblin sounds welder it's the new welder the fixed the air like the fixed engineer, engineer yeah, the fixed welder engineer uh urza himself um still one of the cards you know they uh the deck doesn't play a ton of counter magic so most of the time your opponent's stuff is resolving um because uh, you know all the all the grixis words of stuff like you know, Urza you would counter, where you would counter, but other than that, like you're not you're not countering a goblin engineer. Like you just don't have enough counter magic in the deck to do that. So they just kinda, you know, they sneak ahead on these these on onboard two for ones. And they can start doing loops with stuff like Icker Wellspring and uh the game just kinda like slowly slides out of your grasp. It's you know, it's winnable, but um they're just operating on a different axis than the four C snow deck is really kinda set up. And so I was really happy when Urza kind of like veered away from that into like you know Simic territory because everyone's obsessed with Oko and it's like wow that matchup is way better because like you know they're trying to play counter magic now like Cryptic Command which is kind of clunky and Oko and just like you know the permanents aren't um I don't know they're they're like they're kind of centered around fewer more impactful permanents but Four Colors Snow is a little bit better at kind of dealing with those and interacting with those on a you know one-by-one basis whereas the grixis kind of slow grind with a combo package crammed into it is um just way more awkward to deal with so ran into that in addition of oko in the board obviously was no no bueno because they've they're already so threat dense on things you have to deal with so adding another must answer threat that plays to the board really well isn't great so um Lost that one o two, and then I lost burn one two the week before. I had a really weird uh, game where I got stuck with like no black mana, and I had two drawn in the walks in hand, and I lost. I feel like every time I lose to burn, I have like it's because of like mana problems, and I don't really normally have mana problems with the deck, at least very rarely. But I always seem to have them against burn. I'm not sure if it's like the hands I'm keeping or just happenstance or what, but it's like definitely been a like consistent trend when playing against burn. I always feel like I'm off a color. Do you think that you're just fetching a lot more conservatively because you're concerned about your life total? I never and therefore get, you're missing colors. I like never get shocks against anyone unless I have to. Like the only decks I'm really aggressive on getting shocks with are Tron game one before the Blood Moons come in. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I guess I'm more I'm less likely to get the first shock against Burn, because like 
you you need ice fang Kotal online as soon as possible so like against other decks you can go like basic shock basic whereas against burn you kind of just like want to try to go basic 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 but then you only have three colors of three basics if you don't have an astrolabe and then like astrolabe is just dog shit terrible against eidolon if they resolve that um that's been another issue with the matchup is just that like um all of your cheap cantrips are just god awful against you know eidolon of the great rebel um we're like just shy of a 50 50 matchup over like it's one of our i think it's our most common matchup because there's so much of it online uh, I got the stats right here. It's like uh, we're 11 and 13 against it right now. So, I mean, that's like almost even. Uh, we were even um, like a week or two ago. So, I don't know. It's not bad. Pretty happy considering that was like the boogeyman matchup when we were playing the deck before Oko. It was like, oh, like burn is like really, really hard. One of our bad matchups. And now I've got it like in a place where it's a 50 50. I can't really complain too much, really. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I'm still on the deck. I think it's really sweet, um, but I am um, looking to get back into Legacy. I haven't actually played it since GP Oakland, like last January. Been out of the format the whole time, basically. That Same. <laughs> yeah, like the whole time Renin Six has been in the format, which is crazy because I had the whole Rug Delver deck. I had all the cards, um, but I always kind of like after Grixis Delver wasn't a thing. I always I was playing Blue Red Delver. Um, I used to I used to play Rug Delver, and then I played Grixis Delver when that was good. And then extra Grixis Delver took the Banhammer. I was on Blue Red. And I played Blue Red before that sometimes just for fun at like local tournaments. Um, but uh, Blue Red is like good again with Brazen Borrower being added to the mix. And I mean, I knew it was good before too with Dreadhorde Arcanist, but it got kind of overshadowed by Oko and all that. So it never really had like a chance to like kind of like, you know, do its thing. So now that uh, Renin Six is gone and Oko is kind of on the downturn a little bit a little bit at least um it looks like blue red's in a good spot in the format the format looks fun too um so i think i'm gonna get back in and start playing blue red i have to i have to pick up some brazen borrowers i bought some last night which was kind of kind of a gross pill to swallow thirty dollars right now like 25 yeah so picked up a pair of those and i finally got some veil of summers because apparently the banhammer isn't coming anytime soon for modern so pick some of those up just to have on hand. But um, yeah, Blue Red Delver is looking really sweet. So um, that's kind of where I'm looking moving forward. Um, but speaking of uh, of Vale and Oko, we kind of touched on those. Um, there was a SCG Modern Team Open this past weekend. And there was a lot of Oko and a lot of Vale. Um, I've got the stats right here. Uh of the day two deck lists, 40 of the 60 lists had at least one copy of Oko, 17 of them had one of Urza, 13 had one of Primeval Titan, 44 of the 60 had at least one copy of Vale, and 22 of the 60 had at least a copy of Once Upon a Time. That's crazy. <laughs> and to shed a little bit more light on that, I can go over the uh, some of the archetypes. So the, the most common archetype was a 10% um representation for uh Sultai Urza. Uh and then at nine percent we had Simic Urza, uh Bug Titan, and Simic Titan. So uh 19 and 18 percent between uh Titan and Urza. There's actually a seven percent were on rug Urza. So I guess the Urza decks have kind of spread it. So we got about 20% of the player base on an Urza deck. And then we had uh I don't know if you want to lump an amulet titan with these new non-amulet titan decks. 
if you did though you had 20 uh, 20 is that it's actually like 23 percent on amulet or on titan deck so titan and urza very much so the you know about half about half the format just between them i mean this is you know a day two meta game of a a team event which is you know people are conservative on their deck choices usually and kind of an inbred meta but i mean two decks shaping up you know half of the the day two metagame is pretty impressive right yeah i mean uh, i don't think we've seen too many well that's that's assuming we could all just uh, lump together all the there's the decks as being the same yeah there's two percent banters and two percent four color wars uh as well there's a ton and then we've got uh two percent titan shift uh, ten per or seven percent mono green Tron, three percent Aldrazi Tron. It's basically just um, Urza and big mana is the only thing that really managed to survive here in any real numbers. Um, it's just kind of crazy, really, looking at these these stats. Um, just yeah, just really. Uh, I'll swap over for the people on the uh, the podcast to or the uh, YouTube to see the stats. I'll pull them up here. Um, these numbers are just, I don't know, they're kind of absurd. <laughs> and that explains the, uh, you know, the numbers we were just talking about of how prevalent um, Oko, Urza, Primetime, and, and Veil of Summer were. You know, most of these decks are green decks, so Veil of Summer is kind of a no-brainer somewhere in the 75 since it's such a powerful card. Looking at this day two metagame, do you feel like this is kind of indicative of where the format's at as a whole? Or do you think this is kind of an outlier? Well, I I think Urza's been like arguably the best and most popular deck for quite a while now, so I don't really think there's anything surprising about that. That's fair. Um, but uh, and then all these Titan decks, I don't, I don't think that you can say that Amulet Titan and these no Amulet decks are the same. That's true. I mean, they they do. Have uh, I I feel difference. like these non. Amulet lists are, they feel a lot more like, um, I feel like they're a lot more like a scapeshift deck without scapeshift than an amulet deck without amulets. I can see that. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The, the kind of, the, the, the axis they're operating on is, is more akin to a scapeshift deck is what you're saying. Yeah, so it's more like a ramp, 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 play a titan, get a bunch of, uh, so typically, you know, Valka would just outright kill your opponent, but instead you're just getting, um, you know, the fuck, uh, Feel the dead and making tons of zombies. So you're killing them through combat instead of with, you know, direct damage. But by doing so, you get to play with Oko instead of not. So you have like this plan B of, you know, the absurdity that is Oko when your, you know, ramp plan is maybe not the best. What I think is very strange is these, um, these names lists, they look very, very similar to that of, um, the pioneer field of the dead decks. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I uh, I'd forgotten that, but when I when I looked at them originally, I did have that kind of that thought. Um, it's basically what the pioneer decks wish they like. <laughs> if the pioneer decks had access to primeval titan, this is basically what the deck would be. Right. Yeah. Four grazers, you know, rejuvenators, some other ramp creature thing. Um, some people are playing scouts. Some playing elder. Pick your favorite snake, I guess. And then Oko's. 
and explorers instead of ghost spirals. And once upon a time, which is the same. And then 30 fucking lands. Like, it's basically <laughs> the same deck. Yeah, no, you're 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 totally Except Primal Tain is way better than Hour of Promise. Yeah. Yeah, a lot better. You get a lot more for that one mana. You get a lot more for that one mana. <sighs> yeah. You get access. But I mean, uh, so I, I kind of think that it's not that Primeval Titan is this, you know, amazing modern card. I mean, it's no, a very it's, good card. It's once upon a time. I think it's Field of the Dead, yeah, one, right? Field of the Dead, yeah. Those two cards are just... Yeah. Like, if Field of the Dead didn't exist, this, you know, Sultai Titan or Bant Titan or whatever, blue, blue Green Titan decks, they wouldn't exist. Yeah, there's no reason to be doing this without Field. Just, there's no payoff. Yeah, so Amulet Titan, like, the card slots into that deck very easily, and it's very good and powerful. But the Sultai deck, like, Titan deck, or the Blue-Green Titan deck, it's it's a Field of the Dead deck. Yeah. It's like, a, it's, it's Volokut, but it's it's not Volokut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think Once Upon a Time really just turbocharges the strategies as well, right? Like, ensuring that you're able to find both your ramp creature and your early mana just every single game together with London Morgan like you are never not doing the thing on turn one right like you're gonna yeah. hit the ground running deck like the every um, time you know the blue green time deck even late in the game if even late in the game if it finds a Sakura tribe elder that's still probably like a zombie or two yeah <laughs> right you know maybe it's like four mana make two zombies which is not bad not at all like, not I, the worst thing you could be doing. Not when you're like doing that consistently every turn, yeah. And, you know, it's like... If every card you draw... If the worst card you can be drawing is... Two, like, one, two, maybe even three... Two, two zombies, that's not bad. Right? So Falcon has the same sort of thing. It's like, oh, every every draw in their deck is like a lightning bolt. Yeah, you can't thought seize the top of your opponent's deck, right? Yeah. And so I guess the question is like, is, a th- is what's better, a lightning bolt or a zombie? And I think it depends on your opponent's life total. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Um, and zombies block. Yeah, right. yeah, they do. Especially in a format where Oka is everywhere. Having, uh, I mean, two twos aren't as good as three threes, but having bodies on the board is good. And field of the dead zombies tend to come in pairs. So, yeah, what I think is uh, hilarious though is the the first place deck. With the first place team, the that deck, he's playing a Crater Hope Behemoth. Yeah, I had it seems I had pretty it, good when you got a bunch of zombies. I had it on over the the weekend in the background while I was like uh, cooking. I think yesterday yesterday on Sunday, um, and I, I kept hearing him talking about Crater Hoof, and so I was like, "What the fuck?" So I had to like I was in the kitchen like uh, making like a like a soup that took my uh, anyways. I was like spending a long portion of the morning cooking and prepping a soup, and so I like wander over to see what like why the fuck they're talking about Crater Hoof Behemoth, and I was like, "Oh, it's like this." This new Titan deck, and yeah, just like a fucking shitload of zombies, and the guy had like a Crater Hoof Behemoth, and it's like that seems pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and a Boreal Grazer doesn't have Defender. Yeah, so you can uh, you can get in there with your, so you your Reachy boy, in reaching for their life total now. <laughs> like Rejuvenator, it's it attacks. Um, you could even like Elk something, and then you know, yeah, Crater Hoof Math just gets absurd. It gets really big really fast. Really fast. <laughs> like, three, four creatures is already, like, lethal usually, right? Like... Yeah. Because the thing about it, if there's four creatures in play, 
then it's 16 damage from just the pump. Yeah. And it's also and it's a 5-5. Five five. Yeah. <laughs> so you could have three Arboreal Grazers and play a Crater Hoof and it's more than lethal. Yeah. Yeah. And it all tramples. All of it. Yeah, Crater Hoof <laughs> is absurd. You know very well, Mr. Elvis player. Yeah, and I think I think the meta is getting a little bit inbred in the sense like Cybering Ashok, like why Ashok is really good against this kind of deck. It's also good against combo though, which this deck is pretty ass against from the look of things. <laughs> like a lot of combo uses the graveyard Ashok kind of turns that off at least. I don't know. I mean Ashok's insane against the other like big mana. It is most it is decks. mostly against big mana, yeah. But like hell of a mirror breaker. As far as what's being played and what's popular, combo decks aren't there. There, there is a bit of storm. Like there's one team that played gift storm. Yeah, I think I think people are going to play Ashok, it more though. I don't think is no, enough. It's to, not enough to do anything against storm. I do think though that people are going to start picking up those combo decks if the meta stays like this though, because like what does this deck do against storm except for do a Sanic the Hedgehog impression or roll over and die. And so I think that's more of an Oko problem, right? So uh, another thing about this blue-green Titan deck, aside from Field of the Dead being really, really insane, is Oko, right? You can just play Oko too. And Oko kind of just shits on, like... So typically these big mana decks get run over by, you know, the aggro decks too, right? Yeah. They can, like, sneak underneath it. Well, Oko makes it a lot harder for them to do that. Well, so with it, Grazer yeah, and, just like, Rejuvenator, yeah. just dumb idiots to block, plus an Oko, it's suddenly a lot harder to get in there with your stupid, like, Waldenokon yeah. deck, right? Like, Oko is not good enough against Aggro on its own, but, yeah, when you start having a bunch of idiots cogging up the board that, like, you know, run defense for, like, the first few turns and then protect Oko on the way down... Every turn after that, turning one of them into like a three three, it's like you know what is it like the fucking the meme like level one gangster, level <laughs> level fifteen elk like <laughs> every turn like one of them gets like knighted by Oko and goes from being like a wimpy little useless wall into like a three three, which most aggro decks like are luck are lucky to trade with. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, the it's not just the Oko; it's the Oko plus the the Grazers and Rejuvenators that really the shitters. Yeah, the, the it has a lot of shitters. Like what the deck's got fourteen, or well, not I guess not Titans. It's got ten shitters, which is a decent number. Um, that yeah, they just get hella swole when Oko hits the field, um, which is real good. Yeah. Um, I pl- and if you're okay with your shitters just like chomping or whatever, you can just gain life off of food, you know? Yeah, because I play... Or just shrink their big boy to 3-3. Three, three. I played a lot of Oko and Pioneer, and it was not actually that hot against aggro if you didn't have bodies already hanging around to start pumping up right away. Because otherwise, the Oko just gets cleared like pretty quick, you know? You, you know, you get a food out of it, or maybe a 3-3, three, three, but it's just... But yeah, once you put Oko together with the the cheap bodies, though, aggro just rolls over and dies in a hurry. Um, and he just his loyalty is so high that like you know they can't even burn it. So and no one's even really playing stuff like that anymore. Yeah, like the burn decks get most of their damage in through with their creatures. Yeah, and a bro grazer just laughs in the face of goblin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like like oh, okay. I get a land. Thanks. What a pal. What a pal. Yeah. 
so but uh yeah so they get this this uh the sultai titan deck um just running around everywhere and um also the um the urza decks which are quite popular yeah so i think it's pretty clear that um oko is kind of skewing modern yeah as much as it pains me to say it um although i i I have one one last defense of Oko, although I, I do think it is probably uh, just too homogenizing. And that is that um, all these Oko decks play Veil of Summer, which means that trying to actually deal with the Oko, which is already problematic, is like impossible. Like I was talking earlier, I was like, oh, well, you know, Jun can play Dreadbore. That's like a pretty clean answer to a Planeswalker that like they're already like not too sad to be playing. Like they've played Terminate a lot in the past. But when you start running Dreadbore into Veil of Summer, like that's like vomit in your mouth territory. Like you just can't do that. That's not it's not feasible. So I mean that's why no one's really playing Jund anymore, because like Jund just gets fucking slapped by shit like that. So Yeah, as as good as Renin Six is. Yeah. Right? I would like Renin Six is not really even played in any of these decks, right? Yeah. It's not. It's you know, no one's playing small little shitters anymore that have one toughness. Like all those decks are, yeah, they've gotten cleared out by you know Oko plus blockers. I I think that what will happen is Oko and Veil will go at the same time. But what I would really like to see as someone with a vested interest in playing Oko in my my fringe sweet deck, I would like to see a format with Oko without Veil of Summer for a while. But I don't know if Watsi, you know, if they are pushed to act, will think it's worth waiting because there are a lot of people that want to go banned at this point. You know, the 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 voices are getting louder and more insistent. So I don't know if they really want to. At the same time, Urza has been like the boogeyman before Oko was around. Yeah, that was my other worry was that like and when Oko, if Oko goes away, it's still going to be Urza. Urza's still there. Yeah. And then you just go back to playing Grixis. The guy I played, you know, on Friday night that was playing Grixis, he said, yeah, I think Oko's going to get banned. I think Grixis is, you know, where the format's going to be. And he's like, I already got a, you know, a good list ready for winning the mirror when it goes back to being Grixis. And I was like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Um, but he already had Oko. So I guess he just didn't want to pick up the other stuff to play Simic in the meanwhile. I don't know. Probably just didn't have all the cards handy. Otherwise, you know, why not? Um, but yeah, Urza's Urza's fucking scary. Like the deck is was paddling people well before Oko at the scene. So yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just don't know if they really want to like if they're gonna want to spend that you know the political goodwill, the political capital with the player base of banning Vale and not banning Oko and then letting Oko ride for, you know, another few months and then maybe it's fine, maybe it's not. But if it's not, you know, they're going to have another um, bridge from below situation on their hands where they, you know, I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the same as bridge because bridge, you know, was like not that big of, you know, it wasn't really the real problem. It was obviously Hagak, but Veil of Summer is a problem. Like, I don't think anyone would really argue against that at this point. The card is berserk. Um, so, I mean, even if they do just Axe Veil and wait on Oko, it's not like they're not removing a card that probably shouldn't be in the format, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess like everyone was bitching about like Teferi Time Reveler, like, oh, we can't like, counter spells are unplayable because of Teferi and like, lol, how about Veil of Summer? Yeah. Fuck your thought seasons too. 
Yeah, I mean, and so the only, I think the only way you can play, ironically enough, counter spells now, is with Teferi, which is the my like, oh, you you thought he was the you know the the enemy, the devil, but he was actually the savior all along of control decks. <laughs> yeah, because like, oh, you can't veil summer if I have a Teferi. Yeah. <laughs> Genius man, like, yeah, fucking the roll safe meme or whatever. They hated him because he was the Can't king. Veil of Summer if they can't cast Veil of Summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't protect at instant speed if they can't cast instant. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, uh... I really hate Veil of Summer. I, oh, so I, I'm just going to briefly talk about that sweet list I saw. Speaking of Teferi. It's basically the, uh, the blue-green titan deck splashing white. For Teferi. For, for Teferi and Wargate. Oh, yeah. Oh, lay, lay it on us. Lay, lay it on us. This deck is sweet. Do you have a list handy? Uh, Not super handy. Oh, man. I could pull it. It's an amulet deck? No, it's... It's a... Uh, it's very similar to these, um... No amulet, blue-green, like, ramp decks... With um, just like Field of the Dead is the win con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so here it is. So it's playing this typical suspect. Send me the uh, um, the links. I can put it up for the people on YouTube. Uh, Send it in Discord. I just have a screenshot. Oh, here. a screenshot, even better. Oh, here's a link. Boom. Thank you. Yeah. So twenty nine lands. As you do. Um, <laughs> typical suspects. Four Grazer, four Pack, four Titan, for Once Upon a Time, three Okos. So, looks like they trimmed the 30th land and an Explorer for two Teferis. <laughs> and slapped um, four Wargates in there. Trace Bien. I love it. Wargate, Wargate is great, man. I'm so happy to see this card again. <laughs> yeah. Forget stuff like Crater Hoof. Nah, nah, we don't, we don't need that. Oh. Rejuvenator? Trash. Who needs Rejuvenator? Why play three mana to get a land out of the top five? But you can pay three mana to get any land that you want <laughs> and put it into play. <laughs> it's half price, no body attached. <laughs> but see, there's upside. Later in the game, Wargate, you can Wargate in an Oko or a Primeval Titan. <laughs> It's like uh it's like Protoss, man, like from StarCraft. Like Carrier has arrived. <laughs> Just start shitting out elk everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and then so you can you can do stuff in the sideboard. So the sideboard, right, there's like one rest in peace. Well you can wargate that bad boy out. <laughs> this is like the terrible Bant Pokemon deck we built and talked about on stream like half a year ago now. We were playing uh Glittering Wish. <laughs> Although I'm sure this deck is a lot better than that. Oh one. yeah, it's got to be like significantly better. <laughs> but think about it, you can plus one your Teferi and then you can just instant speed Wargate. <laughs> Holy crap. It's just like, "Aha, he has no blockers. I will attack him." Ah, surprise Wargate. It's a land. Oh, it makes zombies. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like instant speed titan. Get some lands, make some zombies. 
Like, oh, you know, just put go ten, to block. Put ten, oh. 10 power on the board at instant speed. <laughs> For only oh, nine mana. Yeah. <laughs> Tooth and nail. Uh, <laughs> Wargate? <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, man. And think about, like, so, oh, your opponent has a pesky engineering bridge? Well, for six mana, you could get a Teferi or an Oko and deal with that shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, could you imagine, like, uh, if you work it in a Grafdigger's cage, does that fizzle something that targets something in the yard? It does, right? Yeah. Is your opponent, like, Snapcaster like, Mage's Cryptic Command? Or, or, like, or, oh, I, don't know. I target this Cryptic Command. Okay, target on the stack. Uh, Wargate. I guess that wouldn't work with Teferi, because, like, you're not countering anything with Cryptic. But yeah, if they get to, like, snap back something, and you just, like, Wargate in a Grafdigger's Cage in response. <laughs> uh, that's hot. Which is, like, oh, uh, Flashback Rite of, like, um, Past in Flames, uh, response of Wargate. Oh, man, you could, uh, if someone cracked a fetch, you could, uh, can you, uh, can you Wargate in an Ashiok? <laughs> to, like, even mind censor them? <laughs> uh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That's hot! That's super hot! You just, like, <laughs> you, you, like, arbiter them, but you cannot pay. <laughs> a shuck will not be bribed. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is great. This is this is what memes are made of. Holy shit. Or oh my god, man! So like you're you're playing the field of the dead mirror. So then you just like flash in your wargate for your ee on zero and kill all their zombies. <laughs> what? <laughs> that works. It works. Uh, sunburst is zero. Wow. Yeah, it's like EOT, like, blow up your zombies, and then on still in your own step, sack my elder to make some zombies for me and attack you with them. Ah! We need to do a league with this and make a video, Chris. It's, it'd be hot. I can't imagine. How much war, How much do you think Wargate is online? A penny. Can't be that much, right? A penny. Less than a penny. Because they do that you on Moto. You know how much Wargate is in paper? I don't know. No one plays EDH on Moto. It's like five fucking dollars. <laughs> It's like five to seven dollars, yeah. depending. Well, I, I I give you a personal guarantee. Wargate ain't worth shit online. I'm looking it up right now. Here, we'll, we'll see here. Yeah, it is uh an eighteenth of a cent. Yeah, so we can definitely <laughs> put, put this together. Yeah, so uh, we should we should do that. <laughs> it plays fucking Westvale Abbey. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, and because you're white, you play Kybera Crossroads instead of um, Radiant Mountain. <laughs> value strictly better but it's like sweet we gotta we gotta we gotta plan this out we gotta make a video it's happening oh, you can just like wargate in damping smear yeah i don't know why but you could <laughs> stony silence <laughs> opponent like uh plays an equipment and you're like <laughs> no <laughs> Well, if they activate the equipment, it still does the thing. No, they right? play it, though. They can play it, right. and you get some response. They never get to equip it, and they've already spent the mana. I don't know why they'd be a Stoneforge deck, so. Oh, so we should definitely throw a Pithing Needle on this board, right? Oh, that's hot. <laughs> Opponent plays Jace the Mind Sculptor. In response, <laughs> Wargate in my Pithing Needle naming Jace the Mind Sculptor. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh. <laughs> 
I was like, oh, bonus tag for a mana. Didn't encrypt command me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Something far sweeter is afoot. Yeah, this is like shenanigans all over it. I love it. Yeah, so you talk about like, oh, you can like, you know, Wargate in, rest in peace. But what if you only have three mana? That's okay. You can just Wargate <laughs> in. Get a zombie in the uh, in the act. Yeah, might be better. Yeah. <laughs> Nuke the yard, put a two two into play. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, we've uh, we got way bogged down on 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 Bant Titan, but uh, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, just thought I'd share. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad. We need to make this happen. That's uh, saving that one for later. I'm gonna leave that open in a tab. I'm gonna gonna do that. <laughs> So, um, I don't know, what do you think? What do you think? Oko, Vel, Summer, you think a band's coming? What do you... They they changed their their rules for BNR updates now. There is no schedule. Every band is for an emergency... all BNR? Yeah. I think every band is an emergency band now. <laughs> They're not going to do the scheduled uh, BNR updates anymore. I believe they announced. Which seems like a so... hell of a fucking cop-out. <laughs> When is the next uh, modern GP? Good question. I don't know. You can pull that up. Let's see here. MTG schedule. I think it's soon-ish, right? Probably. Wouldn't surprise me. Let's see here. It's, uh... We got a batch. We got three pine... Oh, it's the 10th this weekend, actually, in uh, Austin. Better get my flight booked. I'm good. Um, but yeah, so we've got that and then a uh, just a crop of Pioneer stuff. We don't have another modern one till March. So I I don't know if <laughs> I'm not sure that Oko and Fail will make it to March. I can see that. I don't think they're gonna do anything until a little bit before the GPs though. So maybe like, you know, two weeks out, if they're going to do it, they'll do it. Once they get the results from the GP. Yeah. What if, what if the band's Urza? <laughs> Urza and Field of the Dead get banned. That'll be a doozy. <laughs> then we'll see a lot of, a lot of, maybe it'll be your time to shine, John. Oh man. Elk. Random Oko piles is the new man. Oh man, I'm ready. I've trained for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that guy living up in the fucking hills. Everyone thought he was crazy until they needed him. Then he was exactly what they wanted. I'm a very, I'm a very special set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for meta games like you. <laughs> and then you get buffed by some new stupid deck. Yeah, yeah. I hear like, um... prison slippers. <laughs> The matchups. I don't know. You have dead of winner. The matchups are unwinnable. <laughs> yeah, dead of winner is pretty insane. Oh man, I've been hearing. Uh, not not to, you know, jump too into the next segment uh, already, but I hear murmurings of, you know, combo decks trying to utilize underworld reach. Yeah, yeah, and people figured that out in Legacy in about mm, thirty seconds. Uh, that one didn't take long, but modern, yeah, people people were uh, cooking on that one so we'll see so people what i'm hearing is 
to talking about Mark's Opal Grinding Station. Oh god, here we go again. Because <laughs> how many cards is Grinding Station Mill? I think it's three. Three, I think, yeah. <laughs> how many do you need for Unrolled Breach? Three. Three. Hot. So you just keep replaying your Mox Opal to generate mana. Mill, 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 mill. Until you find a Grape Shot, and then you just mill cards other than your Grape Shot. You just, like, use non-Grape Shot cards to escape your Grape Shot and just fucking kill them. Hadouken. <laughs> yeah, I guess you you generate yeah, a bunch of mana with the Opal in the process on that. What? Yeah. You know, it's like the Harry Potter meme where it's like every time something happens, why is it always you three? But in this case, it's just fucking Mox Opal. It's always Mox Opal. <laughs> every time. Every stupid deck. Mox Opal. The Pierce Stove Paladin deck? Mox Opal. Urza? Mox Opal. KCI Mox Opal. Um, the, the, the Prison War deck? Mox Opal. Emory Ascendancy. Mox Opal. Like, yeah. Gonna get well, sometimes that, that deck gets Mox Amber. <laughs> yeah, why not both, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that makes sense in looking at the schedule. I, I would say if there is going to be bannings, they'll probably be uh, sometime in February would be my guess. A few weeks before, uh, or the beginning of March, maybe. Yeah, so, you know, because Wizards hates SCG, they probably don't really look at SCG's data or whatever. So they, oh, we need to do our own tournament to determine if uh, these cards are oppressive. <laughs> yeah. Yep, cards are oppressive. <laughs> Dead dove, do not eat. It's like, I'm not sure if Hogak is a problem, so let's just wait till after Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. I can't I can't believe they waited on that one. Yeah, well, I'll get to play my Echoes for a while longer. I guess I'll make my two-sided snow elk tokens. You got a snow elk on one side and a regular elk like, on oh, the other. Oh, because people will be flying in to play Hogak, so if we ban it, then they'll have a deck when they fly in. They'll feel really bad. Good. Good. <laughs> so instead, people just didn't fly in because they didn't want to play against Hogak. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works, right? But, you know. Anyway. <laughs> Alright, well, I think it's time to get into the, the meat and potatoes of uh of this episode, and that's uh some Theros Beyond Death spoilers. They're hitting hard and fast now, and um well we've got we've got a few lined up here to, to talk about. Uh, first one we got here is uh, Staggering Insight, which uh, I don't think is a very good card, but I'm I'm excited to meme with this one every time someone drops a hot fucking take in a chat about magic. Just uh, hit him up with a screenshot of this bad boy. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is some art here. Yeah, <laughs> don't even know what's going on. He's just uh, he's being staggered. Clearly, he's staggered. He is staggered. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, this is an Uno reverse card in real life. Is what's happening here, depicted on this art. It's a uh, it's a white and a blue aura, and it says uh, when an enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and has life link, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So it's uh, it's bad curious obsession. Is what this is. 
It gives lifelink. Woo. For a mana more. And yeah, you lose the must attack every turn or it goes away clause. But let's be real. Uh, a blue mana versus blue white is a uh, big difference. But uh, heroic decks are uh, probably going to be a thing again. So, uh, you know, having a, a sweet uh, thing to slap on your heroic uh, duder, give him some lifelink and a, a bit of a buff, draw some cards. It's pretty sweet, right? Sure. Whatever. Not not worth talking about <laughs> for uh, Pioneer and Modern, which is what we care about here, so we'll move on. But uh, stay tuned for some staggering insights in the future from us. Uh, the next one, this one looks a little bit more playable. This is, uh, what, Clothis, God of Destiny. Uh, Destiny is uh, blind, apparently. It's more of a God of Justice thing, I would think, but there, uh, there's a uh, blindfold over Clothis. Uh, they are a... Uh, in- enchantment creature god for one red green four five indestructible as long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven clothis isn't a creature and they have at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase exile target card from a graveyard if it was a land add red or green to your mana pool otherwise you gain two life and clothis deals two damage to each opponent so do you think clothis would be like zeus and like have a a child with you know a human or something (laughs) why say that and if so, who would be Destiny's child? Bravo. 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 Yeah. You deserve it. Amazing. Wow. Okay, I was, I was not expecting that. <laughs> shit. That's hilarious. I was like, where is he going with this? This is really... Oh, oh, that's funny. Okay. I thought it was bad. Actually hilarious. <laughs> it's also kind of bad. It's but... pretty bad. Um, but yeah, this card. Uh, this card is a card. Um, I don't think it's going to be a creature very often outside of EDH, but um, I can see this in modern, right? It it looks like budget Karanos. Yeah. Which is real because five mana is a lot of mana. Three mana, not as much. So it's like, it's a thing you can play, and if it resolves, the stupid control deck will have a really hard time getting rid of it, and it will kill them eventually. Mm-hmm. Not as flexible as Karanos hitting creatures, but, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. I think very different kinds of decks want it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, Karanos was a deck, was a card that control decks played against other control decks and, you know, grindy mid-range, like, value decks. So, I don't really see an aggro deck playing this against um, a mid-range deck, necessarily. Although it might be okay. Pretty good against control, though. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, it, it ramps if that's if something you care about, but um, just doing two damage that they can't do anything about. It is weird because the power level seems more pioneer power level, but... There's a lot more enchantment-based removal in, in Pioneer control decks. You know, you got, like, cast-outs floating around and such. Um, so, and detention spheres being a lot more common than they are in Modern, I feel like. So it's kind of weird that the lower, per- the lower power format actually has more, I would say, readily available answers to this card. But um, I guess even in modern, if you could stick this against you know a, a control deck, it's gonna put in work. Mm. Yeah, it might be okay. It is two damage versus three is a lot slower though. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. But this card's worth keeping an eye on. I think it's uh, kind of cool. Uh, our next card is uh, a bit of a throwback. It's uh, Thirst for Meaning, which is uh, two and a blue instant. Draw three cards, then discard two cards, unless you discard an enchantment card. This is uh, uh, obviously a throwback to Thirst for Knowledge, which was uh, a pretty solid card for a long time. I've played it in Modern more recently than I probably should have. Uh <laughs> So uh, yeah, this card this card's cool, man. And I was just saying, you know, that um, blue white control and pioneer plays a lot more enchantment based answers. Here's a uh, here's a potential card you could shove into your blue white control deck. Although I think when you know with dig still being legal, that's probably not a thing. But if that for if that card you know exits the format, um, thirst for meaning is kind of interesting as a as a selection spell. Instant speed is always great in control. Yeah, much much better than stupid sorcery speed. Was it um, careful? Not careful study. Divination. It's not divination. Uh, what are you thinking? It's sorcery. It's speed. the draw three, discard two, unless you discard land. Oh, yeah, that card's from the original Ravnica. That card is not very good. Mostly because it's a sorcery. Yeah, I forget. I forget what it's called. But um, yeah, I mean, your options in, in Pioneer are you could play a like, Hieroglyphic Illumination, uh, which costs four, or you could play Glimmer of Genius, which also costs four. I think those are our best four mana draw spells at this point, right? Or do they print a new one? Oh, they, they print an end of the story, but I don't know about that one. Um, so I know this might have a niche in, uh, in Pioneer, uh, in, in decks that are interested in drawing cards and playing a longer game. Um. I don't. I don't know about modern though. What do you What do you think about modern? It's not too many decks playing enchantments that actually want to be playing blue and paying three to draw cards. No. I don't think it's playable in modern. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, wouldn't be surprised to see this uh, do a thing in in uh, in pioneer. And I think it will be good in standard as long as it's you know a format where you can actually afford to you know instant speed uh, pay three mana to draw cards. Yeah, I mean, it's also just a Discord outlet if people are still trying to play Phoenix decks. That's true. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, our next card is Storm's Wrath. Uh, I don't think this card is going to do anything in, in Modern, but uh, in Pioneer, this card is uh, intriguing. It's a uh, two red-red sorcery, deals four damage to each creature and each planeswalker. Um, and... You know, I, I don't, I'm trying to remember, but I feel like um, the, the three-mana, three-damage thing has been pretty common in pioneer but the the jump to four was kind of hard um so having like a red wrath of god almost is kind of big there are a number of five fives floating around in the format like um love struck beast, beast and uh is questing beast a four four it's a four four i think it is a four four yeah this is a four five um yeah questing beast is always kind of a problematic card uh um but uh let me have a look real quick and see. I'm pretty sure it's a 4 4. It's a 4 4. I think people have talked about Languish being a It's a 4 4, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it gets Questing Beast. It doesn't get um the 5. The, was it a. Or is it a 5 4 elf, actually, huh? The 3 mana elf. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the only thing it really misses in this Love Struck Beast um, that sees like widespread play, right? It gets a uh, Glory Bringer, which is quite nice. Um,. So yeah, uh, I think uh, I think red having access to a uh, you know in air quotes uh, wrath of god is pretty solid, and also cleaning up planeswalkers is um, definitely solid these days with you know the amount of 
random teferis and garbage floating around. Um, Narset. Yeah, I mean, four damage wasn't killing Oko, but you don't have to deal with that guy anymore anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. You know, it, it knocks a Chandra down uh, quite a bit. Uh, it's good against Soren. Um, yeah, I think this card's this, uh, probably good. I don't think it's a main deck card unless you're playing like a, a more controlling red deck, like a rug deck or something. But uh, uh, I, I think this card will probably see some play just because it's you know uh, it's go- jumping from three to four damage and hits planeswalkers, which is pretty solid. So I mean, it does give rug like us, you know, a sweeper ish. Yeah, <clears throat> your options weren't the greatest before, so. Um, but yeah, I like this card. I think this. I think this is like a very fair and balanced magic card. I'm, I'm happy to see this get printed. This we need more cards like this, unless like some of the other cards, like the next card, <laughs> uh, Underworld Breach. Uh, Chris talked about it a little bit, um, and we can kind of dig into it a little bit more here. Underworld Breach is a, a one in a red enchantment, and it says each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. Um, and uh, escape is a mechanic that lets you recast cards from your graveyard by paying some mana and then exiling a set number of cards. Uh, when you cast a card of escape, it, it resolves and goes to your graveyard. It is not exiled like something like flashback. Uh, and so Underworld Breach says each online card in your graveyard has escape. The escape cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards from your graveyard. So it says at the end of... At the beginning of your end step, sacrifice underworld breach. So, yeah, this card is is a uh, is a doozy when you start playing it with stuff like LED, <laughs> where you can discard cards to feel the escape cost and make mana at the same time. And so I'm pulling it up here, but there is a, uh, a a loop you can run in Legacy. I'll pull it up here. Uh, so you can go, this is from uh, the MinMax blog. They're uh, a Legacy-oriented blog. They have good content. You should check them out. Uh, they pointed out that you can go land, Lotus Petal, Breach, LED, Crack for triple blue, discarding your hand that contains Brain Freeze, and you now have a deterministic win. Um, so you brain freeze yourself, which mills 12. You recast the LED by exiling three. You crack for blue, blue, blue again. You brain freeze yourself again, milling 18. You're getting mana and cards of each loop. And at some point you turn the brain freeze on your opponent and mill them out. If they have an answer like Veil of Summer or Emmercool, you just put a grape shot in your deck and, uh, you grape shot them. <laughs> So, uh, wow, pretty low floor. Um, so on one hand, this seems super busted. On the other hand, turn one kills are not the craziest thing in a format like Legacy. I mean, Belcher is a thing. You've played a lot of Belcher, Chris. Yeah, I mean, that hand had to have land, pedal, breach, LED, brain freeze. That's five cards. So, I don't know. I mean, you can obviously make it a little bit more robust than that, right? You could play other pedal effects or something. But, I mean, you only have, you know, four breaches in your deck, so. But it really needs LED to do the thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. It is very busted when you can do it. But there's a lot of decks like that in Legacy. Um, You know, you can play... Uh, uh, What was the other deck, the turn one combo deck that wasn't Belcher? It was um, with the creature, the underworld, or under city 
You mean Oopsol spells? spells? Yeah, you could play Oopsol spells. Um, so, and there's other decks like that as well that, you know, <clears throat> have turn one wins. So, I mean, I don't know. Underworld Breach is powerful, but I'm not sure if it's quite the boogeyman that some people make it out to be, but uh, that is definitely a, you know, it's definitely a very powerful card. It's like a, kind of like a Yawgmoth's Will um, that has, you know, it's cheaper to play. The cards aren't exiled, but it does have an additional cost tacked on, so. Big difference, though, is that after Yogwell resolves, the card gets Yeah, that's up. what I was saying, yeah. So so this you just keep looping the same card over, over and, and over, over and over and over. Yeah, which is big, really big. Um, so, yeah, I wonder, you know, a more hybridized deck that's using, you know, it's doing a combo, but also isn't just, like, all in on the breach is probably where you're going to have to be. Um, but I don't know. Um, you know, Legacy Storm, Ant has always relied on, you know, LED plus Infernal Tutor for a lot of its power. Um, so a card like Underworld Breach doesn't need to stand alone. Um, you can pair it with other stuff. And uh, I'm sure you're happy breaching for stuff, you know, just in general, getting some value off of it. Um, so yeah, this card is definitely going to be uh, something that's going to at least exist in decks in older formats uh, and might be busted in half in um, old formats and modern. Who knows? I don't know. You think we're gonna see a, a sick, nasty underworld breach deck that's gonna get something banned in the next few months? Um, unlikely. <clears throat> you don't think so? Something might pop up eventually, but I don't think it's gonna happen all that fast. Gotta break it, Chris. Not within the first next few months. No. People are gonna be trying to make it work, but it is I always. Think, I don't think a large group of people will be trying. That's true. It takes a while to find these decks sometimes. Although, you know who probably will be trying? I think Sam Black is already on the case. Sam Black is excited, I'm sure. You think Matt Nass is uh, into a card like this? or maybe? Well, it involves artifacts. The combo probably involves Mox Opal. So, uh, Matt, so Matt yes. Nass does like him at Mox Opal. So, <laughs> yeah, this definitely seems like something that all the pro teams are going to be looking at. Um, just looking at and testing just to see if they can crack it open with a you know a medium amount of effort i'm not sure if any of them will do a deep deep dive but i don't think you can afford as a pro team to ignore the card if you were prepping for a modern gp but the the pro team so maybe it's possible we see something break out in well when's this set being printed uh, a couple weeks like a month from now at the top i think it's pretty it's coming up pretty soon right Yeah, I don't know. So, like, if, you know, Urza becomes, goes back to being the boogeyman and everyone ditches their Emery's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because Underworld Breach has similar issues that, like, Storm has, right? Yeah. You need to have your, your you need your graveyard to do the thing. Yeah, rest in peace. Uh... And you also need this stupid card to resolve. <laughs> Spell Snare back on the menu exciting times um but yeah i don't know this card this card's uh you know gonna it's gonna be around at the very least seeing play and weird niche spots and legacy vintage edh yada 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 and it might be completely busted in half who knows but um definitely gonna be a card you'll see again i'm sure yeah it's definitely a card that raises eyebrows yeah <clears throat> 
speaking of raising eyebrows, uh, our next card kind of raised my eyebrows because it looks a lot like another card I've seen before. And that's uh, our next card is Ox of Agonis. Three red red ox creature with stats are four two. When it enters the battlefield, discard your hand, then draw three cards. That sounds quite like my old friend Bedlam Reveler. And just like Bedlam Reveler, this card cares about the graveyard. It has escape for red red. Exile eight other cards from your graveyard. It escapes with a plus one plus one counter on it. So for two mana and eating eight cards out of your yard, you get a five three that discards your hand and draws three. Seems pretty good to me. Yeah, eight cards is a lot of cards. It is. You know who's in the business of putting a lot of cards in their graveyard though? Dredge. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, judging or putting this in the graveyard with dredge and then eating your random non-dredging crap, paying two and getting to dredge three times? I don't know. Seems interesting. And get a five-three. Yeah. Seems all right. Seems solid. Kind of reminds me of um, lot left troll a little bit. No, not lot left troll. Um, grave troll a little bit. Not quite the same. Grave troll had the dredge stapled onto it, which was just absurd, but. That's not a very good comparison. But yeah, this card is powerful, I feel like. Uh, got good stats, a little bit expensive on the front end, but you know, if you're just going to bend it and cast it that way, two mana for a 5-3 that draws you three cards is pretty hot. Um, yeah. People are definitely going to be experimenting with this one. I think people casting on the front hand are, are really not happy with what's going on. Yeah, I would agree. You know, a card like this, if Faithful Sitting was still in the format, would be pretty busted. If what was? Faithless Looting was still in the format. Oh. Yeah, it'd be good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, holy shit. I'm glad that's not a thing. That seems way too easy. Just put on your stupid burning inquiry decks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll see a renaissance of those decks. Uh, but yeah, this one's... uh. Without looting? I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. Good riddance. I hated playing against those decks. Uh, our next card, we've, uh, I think I missed a card here. Uh, our next card is, uh, Nyx Lotus, which I'm gonna pull up here. Somehow missed it. Um, Nyx Lotus. I don't know why this card's called Lotus. It costs four mana. That's not a Lotus. It's an artifact. I guess that's a Lotus. It ETBs tapped and it has tap. Choose a color, add an amount of mana Add an amount of mana of that color equal to your devotion to that color. So it's uh it's a fixed um uh field of Nyx. Nyxthos trying to Nyx, yeah. It's a fictos. A, a fixed those, thick those. I don't know why they call this a lotus. I don't I don't get I don't get lotus from this at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's some dumb mana cannon. Mana cannon. <laughs> Do you think this is going to see play anywhere? Four mana is a lot. Uh, this is a lot more opportunity cost than sticking a land into your deck does. I just... I don't really see it. Because most of the time... Your, like, devotion decks don't really need insane amounts of mana. But Nyctos was just free, right? Yeah. 
I don't see like a mono black deck really wanting to invest for a mana into this <laughs> stupid thing. So they can untap and tap it for, you know, maybe three pips, like Yeah, it seems that seems freaking terrible. Alright. We're gonna we're gonna move on from this one then. I think I think I'm convinced. Uh our next card. This card could be much sweeter. It's a Storm Herald. Two and a red for a 3-2 with haste. The haste is important because when Storm Herald enters the battlefield, you may return any number of aura cards from your graveyard to the battlefield attached to creatures you control. Exile those auras at the beginning of your next instep. If those auras would leave the battlefield, exile them instead of putting them anywhere else. Can you say Eldrazi Conscription? All I have to say is no faithless looting. Yeah. Again, another no faithful sitting card, man. Uh, I'm sure people are gonna be making some freaking jank with this card. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. You're just gonna get slapped by a storm herald. Your opponent's gonna bend some thick ass enchantment on like turn one or two, and you're gonna be like, Ugh. turn th- some crazy ass like God. It's like some there's some like six mana auras out there. There's some really expensive auras out there. They're just like that shit crazy. <laughs> let's see if we can do a uh let's see if we can just do a search for enchantment by for aura and uh and do a reversed uh reversed search on uh on mana cost. Let's let's do that. We'll do uh we'll sort them by CMC. We'll sort descending. Aljazi Conscription is the most expensive at eight. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, you can't get overwhelming splendor because it has to be attached to creatures you control. Um, most of these are actually not that bad. The really expensive ones steal stuff, which isn't going to happen. Um. Adrazi Conscription is really the big one. Hmm. Maybe not as bad as we thought it was at first glance. Ha! You could play Infinite Reflection. When it enters the battlefield attached to a creature, each other non-token creature you control becomes a copy of it. Non-token creatures you control enter the battlefield as a copy of enchanted creature. This doesn't really do much though, because the Stormheld already grabs all the all the crap in your graveyard already. Yeah. Prodigious growth. Give it seven seven and trample. <laughs> Pollen bright wings. You could uh, slap them and make a bunch of tokens. I guess the real threat might be like putting a few of these together, right? By their powers combined, they do something strange and busted. Yeah, like Celestial Mantle. (laughs) Double your life total. Where's this at? Oh, when it it hits them? When it hits them, they discard two? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Just like some really gross combination of random shit yeah oh <laughs> indric arm umbra <laughs> four four first strike all creatures able to block it must do so totem armor 
Yeah, I don't even know. Uh, let's see here. Gigant Gigantiform? Gigantiform? Enchanted creature is an 8-8 and has trample. It would lose haste though, right? If you did that to it? Uh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Knightly Valor gets you a 2-2. Full free. Yeah, I don't know. These are actually kind of underwhelming. Ah, that. here we go. Corrupted Conscience. Uh, gives it Infect. Oh, that's quite good. Holy shit. <laughs> Which one is this? How much is it? It's five mana. You control Enchanted Creature. Enchanted Creature has Infect. Uh, yes. That, that will do. Five mana give it Infect doesn't seem the best, though. I think there's a cheaper one that gives Infect, a, like... It has to be. Yeah, you slap it together with something that gives it evasion. Genju of the Realm. Jesus, that's not a creature aura, though. Um, I think it was called, like, Glistening Oil? I want to say it was Glistening Oil. That sounds about right. Yeah, you could definitely put together some, some wild... Uh, combo yeah map. so it gives it in effect at the beginning of your upkeep put a minus one minus one counter on it uh-huh but who cares they're dead <laughs> they're dead huh yeah so you could definitely like make your guy super swole give it infect and give it evasion but i guess if you're putting it from the graveyard then it doesn't really matter which one you use we get all of them <laughs> and no, no no i'm saying like oh i see what you mean yeah yeah Unless you want eight enchantments to give infect, I guess. Probably. Seems relevant. <laughs> Nightly Valor. Holy crap. Octopus Umbra? You put Pattern of Rebirth on it, so when it dies, you just put another another Storm Herald into play? <laughs> yeah, so you just get Storm Herald, Octopus Umbra, and any, like, any buff thing and infect, and it just fucking dies. Amazing. It's like this, like, oh, all right, we got it, we got it. You have Octopus Umbra, uh, Drake Umbra, and um, Glistening Oil, or the other one. <laughs> and you have an 11-11 Flying Infector with haste. Seems solid. How are we getting him into the yard? Uh, you could play that new um, Thirst for whatever. <laughs> Boom. Is there an Entomb for enchantments? Um, you need like buried alive for enchantments. <laughs> buried alive would be like for enchantments would be like the card. <laughs> Puts three, boom, done. Can't get bogged down on this for too long, but I am I am curious. Getting a lot of aromatherapy results on Google here. Hmm. It's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> but uh hmm. anyways. Oh, you could give some given. Can you do it with two? 
Is there any two a combo of two that does it? I mean, I guess Aldrazi Conscription plus Infect, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could, uh, you could, uh, you could give Sun Given into Storm Herald. <laughs> seems expensive and flimsy for what you get, but also seems super sweet. <laughs> this is a step up from Aura Swap Boggles, I guess. <laughs> is it though? No, not really. <laughs> I don't know, you have to have the stupid boggle, the aura swap, and then two auras, right? Or no, aura swap replaces one, right? Or How does that work? I yeah, so you need the conscription in your hand, and the aura swap aura, and the invisible stalker boggle idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. But you can, like, open the armor. Oh, it's right. Got him. Or Jeskai now? And like that Pilgrim card. Oh yeah, Heliod's Pilgrim, I think it's called. Popper Cube yeah. All-Star. <laughs> Alright, well, we'll put this one, we'll put a bookmark in this one and come back to it later. Um, let's see, uh... Let's see what we, uh... Sorry, making a note there. Uh, see what we, um... Think about that at a later time. For now, let's see, moving on. It's getting bogged down here. We have a Kunaros, Hound of Athreros. It's like dogs that sound like their owners. Uh, it is a 3-3. It has three heads. It has Vigilance, Menace, and Lifelink, three keywords. It says creature cards in graveyards can't enter the battlefield, and players can't cast spells from graveyards. It's, uh, it's Grafdigger's Cage on a, on a doggo. <laughs> with the exception of from library yes that's true um fear not oh um <laughs> mystic forge players <laughs> mystic forge or uh pull uh the worm experimental frenzy <laughs> pleasant what's pan the worm? glacial worm pan glacial worm uh 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 <laughs> um god that fucking card uh, so yeah, it's uh three three is a little modest for modern, where lightning bolt is a card, as well as fatal push. Uh, it does have a mess of keywords though. Uh, it attacks, it blocks, it gains life in the process. It is uh, a pretty decent hate dog. Um, think it'll see me play in pioneer maybe, where uh, instead of bolt we have to play shock. Sure. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's kind of hard to block. It's vigilant. It protect. It also attack. Most importantly, most, uh, they uh, don't most come importantly, back. your shit don't come back. <laughs> yeah, this card's sweet. Um, nothing too special to talk about. Uh, these are effects that are pretty well covered and known. Uh, putting them on a doggo seems uh, pretty decent, though. I think the I think the stats are a little underrate for the the mana cost, but it does have a, a ton of text on it. So you know, ah, uh, what a what a time to be alive! Three mana for three three. With all this text, wow! If only it had more stats. If only it were an Oko. <laughs> three mana gets you a lot of elk these days, which are also three threes. <laughs> yeah, so it's on. It's on par. Yeah, it's on par. Our next card is a uh, been a popular one in the spoiler uh, conversation. It's a Heliod Sun Crown, two and a white for a five five legendary enchantment creature god. He is indestructible. And he also has, as long as your devotion to white is less than five, he's not a creature. 
Whenever you gain life, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature or enchantment. That includes him as an option that you control. And for one and a white, you can uh, give another target creature lifelink until end of turn. So this one's uh, it's a it's a combo. So we already know everyone's talking about combo. pioneer combo with combo. walking ballista and modern and any other format other than standard. Get yeah, so standard. all you need is a two-two ballista, a helio sun ground, and you pew 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 your way all the way up. All the way, going all the way up. <laughs> Nice curve to you. Drop your heli out on three, your ballista on four. I guess you have to actually no, you can't do that on four because you have to give the ballista. You have to activate it. Mm. One thing I I have seen that some people are talking about for modern is collected company, your heliod sun crowned in a spike feeder. Oh, that's nice. Instant infinite life. Seems good. We got a lot of those kind of combos kicking around already in modern though, but we are. Uh, reaching a, a critical mass tied together by uh, Coco. There are a lot of these two-card combos uh, in green-white now. A lot of them. We've got, what? Uh... Well, see, so like the Devoted Druid, it's a two-card combo for infinite mana. But you need something to do with your mana. So yeah. It's kind of a three-card combo. And then the original, like, you know, Kitchen Fing's Infant Life still needed a sack outlet, so that was still a three-card combo. Mm-hmm. This is the first, I think, actual two-card green-white, just green-white in life combo, right? I mean, there was Spike Feeder, Eichel Angel, Thune, but... That's a lot more mana. It's yeah. a lot more mana. That's true. And you can't Coco into Archangel. Nope. So, um... Yeah, that's true. Uh, I guess, you know, two versus one. It is a little bit more mana-intensive to kick it off than those ones are, but... Um... But see, with Spike Feeder, you don't need to activate it. That's true. It just does it by itself. That is true, actually. That is a little bit more cost-effective. I'll give you plenty of time to live until you can find your Ballista. I mean, granted, um, Urzer decks don't really concern themselves with such meddling things as Infinite Life. Yeah. Like, oh, Infinite Life? I'll make Infinite Thopters. Plus one! (laughs) And Infinite Life as well. Anything you can do, I can do better. I can do anything better than you. Because uh, infinite not actually a real option in Magic when uh, just demonstrating a loop. You have to actually choose a, a number, and they can choose a number that is one higher or more. So um, so you both just kind of look at each other and count how many cards are in your deck. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Uh. outside of... Degenerate combos. How do we feel about Heliod in uh, in a lower uh, power format, like maybe uh, Pioneer? Um, Devotion to White, not the hardest to come by. You need four more pips. It's not too bad in a a white aggro deck. Um, Gives you a 5 5 indestructible duder. Um, He uh, gives stuff lifelink and uh, puts counters on him in the process. It's not terrible, right? Like in in a white aggro deck. I kind of feel like he's doing kind of, not the same, but, you know, remember 3-mana Thassa from original Theros? She was kind of a big butt you got to play in your blue aggro deck, and you know, obviously she had more relevant effects with giving, you know, unblockable and stuff, but, um, I don't know, popping up your dudes isn't so bad, right? Yeah, I mean, if, you're, if your deck is incidentally gaining life just kind of as a byproduct of the cards you're playing, then sure, 
I guess it's all right. I don't know if there's really any dedicated um, a Johnny's Pride Mate decks running around. There's like a Walker or something that shits out Pride Mates that's like in standard right now, isn't there? There is like there's some card that made Pride Mates like as tokens. So <laughs> maybe. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a good friend with Nick's least Ram, I guess. Oh yeah, get you a thick ass woolly bro. Uh, if it ever becomes a creature, notably, you cannot give itself life link. Yeah, if that's something you're into, you can stash the counters on Heliad while he's still an enchantment, though, from the way he's worded. So, yeah, or any other god you have laying around if you're playing more. Doesn't even have to gods. be on a god. You could just put it on a random enchantment. That's true. <laughs> In case you have a Starfield of Nyx that you're going to find later. <laughs> or some other weird shit. Uh, so yeah, Hilliard's, uh cool. Um, our next card, I don't know if it's going to be as widely played or as good as Heliod, but I think it's freaking sweet. It's uh, Atris, Oracle of Half-Truths, 2, Blue, Black, 3, 2, Menace, Legendary Creature, Human Advisor. It says, when Atris, Oracle of Half-Truths, enters the battlefield, target opponent looks at the top three cards of your library and separates them into a face-down pile and a face-up pile. Put one pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. This is a cool card. I like this card a lot. This card makes me all tingly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's yeah john loves these like mini game cards oh it's so fun i don't which know means, why like which means I, your your favorite card in the game is actually goblin game right? <laughs> i fucking hate that card i don't like the shit that involves like flipping or rolling even di- that has flipping coins or rolling dice can get bent i fucking hate that shit but when it comes but to neither like, of those things happen in goblin game yeah oh you're right it's, you hide crap right in your hands yeah you hide things <laughs> no fuck that i just want my opponent to have to sort piles of cards for me or me to sort piles of cards for them i find that like very interesting um this card's actually really interesting because um one's face up one's face down so it has yeah. to be a pile of two and one obviously yeah we're not do gonna three do zero, zero. Three. <laughs> why yeah it's three face down cards you want them or bin them. Um, but you can put the one card face down or the two cards face down. Yeah. Right. So you can like split one card, put it face down. And it's like, oh, this card's really scary. I really don't want you to have it. Land, land, face down. Also land. <laughs> or it's like land, oh, removal spell, and then like land. And like, oh, I'll take the face down card. Fuck. It was a land. <laughs> The right answer like, huh, for these type of well, cards. I'll take the guaranteed. I'll just take the land and the the okay card. And it was like, oh, this was your, it was your bomb all along. Uh, <laughs> I think you're almost always supposed to take like the bigger pile, unless like you you need a specific card to win. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like it's a three two menace for. But then four. what happens if they show you like a really good card two face down cards? Oof. Then you're like, what? Yeah. What are you hiding? <laughs> Land, land. Or is this the biggest bluff of all bluffs? Yeah. Um, it's a bluff that probably works well on good players, too. Because a lot of them are like trained to take the bigger stack with these type of cards. Yeah, I hope this card is good because this is a great card for coverage, right? Like, oh man. Could you imagine, like, uh, this is like comes up on SCG and like it's like 
you know, Cedric and Patrick are like doing coverage, like losing their like, oh, man. fucking minds. <laughs> oh man, we got we got two face up cards and one face down. Oh no, he's he's going for the face down. He's going straight for the face down. What's? Oh my god, it's Lady Helix. <laughs> it's two mountains. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's gonna be lands. It's the face down cards are gonna be lands a lot. <laughs> it's just gonna be like oh. Fuck. <laughs> Lance. Oh, man. Oh, man. Could you imagine if your opponent's, like, mana screwed and you give, like, face up, face up, face down, and they're like, oh, man, I, it's the land. I'm going to take it. And it's just, like, not a real card. And it's not a land either. It's like, oh, a five drop. <laughs> Shit. Oh man, yeah, I love this card already. I really hope this card's playable in like Pioneer. And could you imagine like Scarab getting this card? Oh, so much value. Four four menace that gives you a like two cards. Like so good, so so good. Yeah, I'm really excited about this card. I, I hope Wait, this John, card- it's a human. <laughs> Is this the final evolution? Oh man, exciting. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. It'd be a good sideboard card, I guess, for humans. It's like, it's like, could you imagine though? It's like, you know, you're like, oh, I just need like haste for the win or whatever. And they're like, it's like, uh, you know, champion of the parish, um, kite soul freebooter, face down card. And you're like, oh man, that's it. That's the mantis rider. You grab it. It's like fucking aether mile on, on turn eight or whatever. <laughs> Oh, this card's so exciting. I want to I play with this card. This card seems great. It just seems like it's going to lead to so many great stories. I really, I just really hope it's like actually, it, it seems like it's playable, right? Like the rate's good enough? Yeah, I mean, it's a four, it's a three, two. It draws two most of the time. Yeah, with Menace, like, I think it's playable, especially in blue-black. So, fingers crossed. I'm, uh, I'm hopeful about this card. Um, but yeah, we'll move on because I can go on about this card all day. Uh, speaking of cards that have oodles of value tacked onto them, our next card is Tectonic Giant. Uh, this card, I think, is going to be pretty good in Pioneer. It's two red-red for a 3-4 creature, Elemental Giant, and it says whenever it attacks or becomes the target of a spell an opponent controls, choose one. Tectonic Giant deals three damage to each opponent, or exile the top two cards of your library, choose one of them, until the end of your next turn. You may play that card. Uh, this card reminds me of the ability on um, the new giant that's like stomp on one side and um, bone bone hewer giant bone crusher giant it's bone crusher giant bone crusher giant yeah it like shocks you if you target the fucker <laughs> it's awful no one ever wants to like point and it's like three toughness which in pioneer is a bitch right like or is yeah. it four no it's three right it's a I think it's three four I thought it's... it was a four three I think it's a four three so this has even more toughness. It's even harder to fucking kill. And it can zap you for three instead of two. Or or it just gives you a fucking card. Like, best of the top two cards to your deck that's so good. Like, man, this is such a good, like, top-in for an aggressive deck or just, like, a mid-range red card. I don't know. This card seems really, really good to me. Yeah, and it does on attack, too. So it's like... A baby Inferno Titan, kind of. Mm-hmm. And like, if your opponent tries to remove it, you're like, you're, you know, you're, they're done a card. Like, you're, 
you still have the card. Like, I mean, maybe you could devil whiff, but it says play, not cast, so you can get lands off of it. Yeah. Um, which is great too. If you're trying to find lands, you attack. You get to like scry two basically towards a land. I not even scry because you get to cast it. Um, and then if you're beginning aggressive, it just like just you know just hits them and if they try to deal with it it shocks them or it bolts them actually it's like seems really good for two red red uh i think this card is really good in the pioneer green red decks that just play like the anaware elf into three drop and then they have like random four drops that are really good too they're playing like chandra and shit like that like hey tectonic giant attacks too so um on a scale from zero to questing beast where is it where is it so questing beast is a 10 is what we're saying for like random four drops in pioneer i think pusting beast is like has to be towards the top of the heap right yeah it really is yeah i would agree with that um I, so if questing if we're on zero to ten and ten is questing beast i'd say this is probably like an eight right yeah i think it's good seven or an eight the questing beast is questing beast is really good that is a keyword soup of a card this is definitely not quite to that level uh, it doesn't have evasion for one. Um, it's not in green for two. But it could give you card advantage, which is insane. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, and, you know, red red decks can struggle with that sometimes, too. So uh, there have been a lot of mid-rangey red decks. Also, if you play this with uh, Tor- Tormund, the, the dwarf that makes... It makes your stuff deal two more damage. So if they go to fucking kill this thing, it fucking lava axes them <laughs> like what what like so that's insane and that's seeing play there already are a bunch of these like kind of big red decks playing that card and this slots in real easy to that so yeah i just think this card is definitely gonna see pioneer play i don't know about modern uh it's a little slow maybe in the uh, prison decks but uh i think they enjoy the diversification of 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 permanent types they get from playing chandra so they're not in in modern red prison decks i don't think i think you're gonna be hard pressed to find a better and like ender creature than hazard yeah hazard is really good and hazard is legal on pioneer but um she is kind of hard to it is hard to get empty-handed in the in the bigger red deck sometimes so but uh she is very good so uh, so that's Tectonic Giant. I like that one quite a bit. And uh, speaking of beefy four drops, uh, our next one is Pelucranos. Paul Ukranos is back. He is unchained this time, or it is unchained. Uh, it is a legendary creature zombie hydra for two black and a green. It's a zero zero, but wait, there's more. It enters the battlefield with six plus one plus one counters on it and escapes with 12 plus one plus one counters on it instead. And it says if damage would be dealt to Pelucranos while it has a plus one plus one counter on it, remove that damage and prevent, or excuse me, prevent that damage and remove that many plus one plus one counters from it. It also has one black and a green Pelucranos fights another target creature. It escapes for the cost of four black and green and exiling six other cards from your graveyard. This card seems fucking busted. <laughs> it's huge. It's four mana for a six six with abilities and upside. I don't know. This card That's quite is large. Uh, yeah. This card is hefty. It's really hefty. Um, it does get whittled down eventually. Yeah. I suppose that's part of the 
Hydra flavor. Yeah, I mean, it's just gaining like, so much card advantage. Whittle, the whittling down is things dying or being used to target it. Like, obviously it gets, you know, slapped by a fucking Doom Blade, but it comes back. So, yeah, this card is good. There's a, just a lot of card advantage and power and toughness packed into this thing. Also, the fact that you're, you get a 6-mana 12-12 on the back end. Yeah, it's quite big. <laughs> that's quite large. Like that's, that's a lot of power and toughness for 6-mana. Um, yeah, the stats on this card are just crazy high. Really, really crazy high. Um, I mean, it doesn't have any evasion, but um, it fights things. <laughs> like... Yeah, just, it just eats things and then yeah like you know you escape it you get a 12 12 the next turn you can probably fight twice um it's killing both those things let's be real and it's probably still alive you know it can uh munch on a you know a five five and a six six and live to tell the tell um like <laughs> that's just crazy and it yeah it blocks well too. Um, this card is really, really good. I think if uh, Green Black is you know worthy of playing, this card is gonna be uh, a pricey mythic. Looks like it's pre-ordering at nine bucks right now. I think that'll probably go up if it sees breakout play. Um, but who knows? Maybe it just gets uh, fogged by Cat Oven forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just God. fight the cat. I don't know. The cat just comes back, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it just gets fogged by cat oven. I don't know. Um, yeah, this card. There's not a lot to say. It just has a ton of stats for low, low price. Um, how do you feel about the escape mechanic in general? It's probably a good point to kind of bring that up. Um, I I think a lot of people might be unhappy that we have more graveyard stuff. But, um... The cost is hefty. Yeah, but but I think that it's much more... It's a much more balanced flashback. Yeah. I'm sure flashback, it goes... You can only flashback once, and it's gone. You can escape over and over and over again, but can you really escape over and over again? Yeah, it takes two resources instead of one, right? Yeah, and there's no way to really like reduce any of the, you know, exile claws. Yeah, it feels like. Um... And that way, it's like you can keep escape cards from getting recast without having to snipe the escape card at the exact moment, right? Yeah, that's true. So if you can keep the graveyard low enough. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 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 fine. It makes cards like you know, like Relic of Progenitus a lot better, right? Mm -hmm. It's like Relic of Progenitus is way better against Escape than Flashback cards. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's um. I think you know the you know, the first time is pretty free, right? For most of these cards, You're, you you get out you get out on parole real easy. Um, but the the second and 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 future times are a little bit harder to do without kind of dedicating yourself to uh, to doing it. 
know, a card like Pelucranos, right? Like by the time Pelucranos dies and is looking to be escaped, you probably have six other cards. The game is probably developed to that point. Yeah, and especially in you know formats like Standard and Pioneer, you know, without fetch lands and stuff, it's just way harder to get the raw number of cards in your yard. Yeah. To just keep doing it. I mean, Deck Through Time and Treasure Cruise have been a perfect example of that, right? Like, Delve has not been that berserk in, um, in those formats where... Yeah. I mean, you're just not gassing up with fetches. So. I mean, you know, two-man Deck Through Time is still insane, but it's not happening every turn of the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or you're not chaining them off every turn. <laughs> that shit was fucking gross. All right, well... Moving on, then our next card is uh, Hactos, the Unscarred, red, red, white, white, legendary creature, human warrior. He is a six-one. He also has to attack each combat if able, which is quite a downside. But if you're not, he has a upside as well. As Hactos enters the battlefield, choose two, three, or four at random. So I guess that's um, roll a six-sided dice and. One and two are two, two and three are three, and or one and three and four are three and four, five and six are four. I don't know. It's gonna be hard to remember for people like me that are terrible at that kind of crap. But you roll a die, and you uh, you get two, three, or four at random, and he has protection from each converted mana cost other than the chosen number. That's quite good. Um. We misread this one when we first saw it, right? We thought it was, what, that it did not get protection from one ever, but it's actually, it gets protection from everything except what you rolled? Yeah, so we thought it said it got, it was not protected from the one you rolled, but it had protection from the other two. Yeah. It has protection from all of the other numbers. (laughs) Always pro Blinding Bolt, Denor Elves, whatever. Never can get hit by anything that cost one or five or more. Uh, it has, yeah, always it has, has protection from Primeval Titan. He is Achilles. He has an Achilles heal. And then it's either permanents and spells that cost two, three, or four. Varying gameplay. Um, having to attack every turn is kind of a bummer, but um, he's probably going to get to shove in a decent. Yeah, amount. I mean, if he can't be blocked, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, your red your red white deck is definitely gonna um, if you're playing him gonna have ways to uh, clear the way for whatever it is that he is weak to. Um, four drops are probably the hardest to clear the way from, but they're also the least likely to be on the battlefield, right? Because they're the most expensive. So yeah. Um, whereas two drops is a bit of a more appreciable weakness, but two drops are also easier to kind of. Um, get out of the way sweep aside so he can get in there and do his thing uh kills pretty quick six a crack um trades of whatever ends up being able to block him so you at least get your card back um i don't know i was kind of down on him at first but i thought about it a bit more he doesn't seem too terrible i don't know if we'll see much of him though he's just kind of a big dumb beater yeah and it's also random so i mean people don't really like playing with that kind of effect it is harder to like play against him too for that same reason though right well i guess you just choose stuff that doesn't target infest yeah, I mean, if you're really worried about the card then you're just gonna look towards edicts and wraths yeah. and stuff like that yeah don't even have to be much of a wrath just something that does one to everything nausea gets him real good <laughs> my weakness was old chicken salad <laughs> it's like shrivel 
Uh, uh, so yeah, I don't know. He's interesting, interesting, unique design, but I don't know if he'll be. I guess Plague Engineer is probably the most reasonable <laughs> human. Yeah, that's gross. Ugh. Yeah, he is a card that can see play in modern humans, I guess. But Plague Engineer kind of puts the kibosh on that. I will say it's not as insane as Trudy Nemesis in the sense that you can't. It's protected from all the stuff, so you can't throw swords on him. Yeah. Thank God. What if he's not pro three? Ah! <laughs> yeah. His weakness is three, but it's also his strength. <laughs> right? It's like, what, what modern three drop would you be afraid of? Like Oko, I guess. So then give him like a sort of fire and ice protection from Oko. <laughs> oh, man. Is uh, Skullclave cost one or two? One. Uh, I was like, is there any good two mana equipment? Umazov's GTA. Oh, in Legacy. You got, you got the GTA, you got the sword. I don't know what you'd put on him at four. Mm, there's not really anything at four. Argentum armor is like six. Yeah. Lash Wraith. Play your Urborg. <laughs> oh, that's spicy. Um, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> two mana, you could equip him with that mortar pot. <laughs> It seems bad. <laughs> it seems fucking terrible. <laughs> Yeet. Um, our next card is. Oh, but can you? Hmm? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it doesn't work, man. Never mind. I guess you could, like you need a lot of islands, though. It's like you if if it's uh the numbers three, you just take that shit with like Vidalkin shackles. <laughs> Oof, gross. But what you need six islands? It's a lot of islands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, creatures being swole as fuck for their mana cost was kind of the downfall of the Dalkin Shackles. Tarmogoyf not so uh, attractive of a target. I guess you can hijack. Um... Hijack. <laughs> wow. Uh. Anyways, our um, our next card is uh, Dryad of the Elysian Grove, which <laughs> Scryfall has translated. It's got a pun for the name. They call it Ido Lawn. Like L A W N, because it's green. That's great. And it plays lands. Uh, it is two and a green for an enchantment creature, Nymph. Uh, he is a two four, um, who bears a striking resemblance to Geralt of Rivia, in my opinion. Hey, anyone watch The Witcher yet? You should. If you haven't, you're gonna get spoiled if you don't. Um, Eidolon, <laughs> you may play an additional land each turn. And it also has lands you control are all basic land types in addition to their other types. So it's uh, kind of like a Corsair of Krufix, uh Oracle Moldaya effect mixed with um, Prismatic Omen. For three mana on a 2-4 body. It doesn't have any effect that Corsair of Krufix has. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Krufix has the other half of Oracle. It's Oracle or um, Azusa. Not even Azusa. Um there's another thing. That it's, a weird, it's a weird. It's a weird sword tooth. Yeah, there you go. Stapled to and a prismatic omen. There you go. <laughs> also a two four. Uh, this card seems good. You interested in this for amulet? I know you've probably been asked like twenty times already. I mean, it's a better card in amulet than course of crucifix. And or, people or, have played course of an amulet before. Yeah, or sword tooth, which people tried to make happen. Yeah, Sword Tooth just wasn't good enough. Yeah, too hard to turn on. 
Do you have a sense? Your... And, and so people saying, oh, this card beats Blood Moon. It only beats Blood Moon if you play it after the Blood Moon. Yeah. Which is the problem. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, oh, you're not going to have green at that point. Otherwise, you could just cast Rexage. Yeah. So does it beat Blood Moon? Eh, not really. Um, I mean, being a creature that can block already makes it better than fucking the dinosaur. <laughs> um, the sword dude. Like, I think people played Corsair just for the sake of like, oh, it's kind of good against aggro, but I play, I've tried it and Corsair felt absolutely horrendous. Um, Double Green made it really, really hard to play on turn t- like two or three, actually. That makes sense, actually. So, so being one we makes this card actually a lot better. Um, maybe it's good enough? I don't know. The The deck's, like, really tight on space these days. It seems hot fire in, um, the new decks, right? Without Amulet, because then you can still play Falica. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like, decent. Yeah, why, why even, why choose between Valakut and Feel the Dead when you can just play both? <laughs> hmm. Probably play Rug at that point. I mean, you could just splash the Valakuts. You don't even need to be playing red cards. You don't want to. That's true. Hmm. You don't even need a full set, probably. Yeah, maybe like one or two. Probably fine. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Another unique name for your Field of the Deads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and since they're all mountains anyway, so... Interesting. All right. Well, like, can you imagine, like, sitting there? Oh, I'm gonna play a land. Uh, bolt your thing. I uh, make a two-two. Like, <laughs> that's a know. lot of value. <laughs> Seems pretty <laughs> absurd. Yeah. Okay. Keep your eye on this one. The <laughs> the art on this one. <laughs> the art cracks me up. I really want to see a Witcher altar. I think his face looks like Gerald Rivia, like dead on. That in the long hair. Um. Our next card, Thyrix? Thrix? I don't know, how would you pronounce that? Thrix? Thrix, the Sudden Storm. It's a uh, three blue blue for a four five legendary creature, Elemental Giant, with flash and flying. It has spells you control with converted mana cost five or greater, cost one less to cast and count be countered. This is an interesting card. I don't know if I've ever seen an elemental giant before. <laughs> yeah. Is Omnath not a giant? He's just an elemental? He's just an elemental. Mm. Not big enough. Too small of a boy. So yeah, it's it's air elemental with an extra toughness and flash and other text. At rare. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The uh, the cost reduction, the ability is only on stuff that costs five or more, which is a little bit restrictive. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, it was intriguing, though. It, the flash aspect is cool, right? Just as like a, a, a finisher and a control deck. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess it plays nice with Dig Through Time. Yeah, it does have to contend with another card that plays even better with Dig Through Time and Pioneer, though, and that's uh, Torrential Gear Hulk. One mana more True. also has Flash, bigger stats, recast that Dig for Time for free. But this makes your Torrential Gear Hulk 5 mana. And uncounterable. That's yeah, odd. this card seems really good in Control Mirrors, right? 
Yeah, yeah, it does. Holy you just like sneak it in there. If you can find a window, sneak it in there, and then all of your big payoff spells are just uncounterable now. Yeah. Seems pretty good. Like all your insane X spells, right? Yeah. Sinks is ref for a million to can't be countered. Oops. <laughs> yeah, it's beaten him for four in the air every turn, too. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh it's cool. Uh it's probably gonna be kind of a niche card, but um maybe in standard, right? Standard's been so efficient lately though, so I don't know. But it's it's like one of the most efficient, like flash beaters that we've seen in a long time right yeah definitely like what well, we had teferi which was like a three four with no evasion um and then we had gear hulk there been any other flash was that eater of dreams did that have flash eater of dreams i think it was eater of dreams right the one from um uh, guilds of ravnica eater of no, it's that Eater of Dreams. Shoot. Well, I'm not Trolling Agent had flash. <laughs> Dream Dream Eater uh, was four blue blue flash flying four three that had surveil four. And when you do, you may return target non land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. That was a that was a card. People were trying that out on Arena. I saw a lot of people messing with that for a while. Um, big flash flying threat that um you know gave you selection and pad tempo um that's the best one recently i think though and this is definitely better than that i would say yeah um two more toughness and uh protection i don't know maybe the card selection is better hard to say maybe maybe dream eater is better than this mm. cost one mana more though uh also mythic uh so uh we've got i think what one more card here specially requested by chris you wanna you wanna lay this one out for us chris um so this guy is called uro uro titan Aru- of nature's wrath uro <laughs> it's a simic colored card that's three mana so it's busted oh yeah um it's a legendary creature elder giant when it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. <laughs> so you know it, it goes out, goes outside, tries to go outside, sees fresh air. Nope, straight to the bin. Did not escape. <laughs> do not escape. Do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. I mean, you kind of collect your two hundred dollars. Uh, well, when it comes to play or tax, you gain three life, draw a card, and then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. So. The first time you play it, it's kind of like a three mana growth spiral that gains three life. So for one more mana, you get a sorcery. It's sorcery speed, but you gain three life. It's also a six six. (laughs) Not not exciting, but not the worst. Um, It escapes for green, green, blue, blue, exiling five other cards from graveyard. So if we escape, it gets to you know stick around. Oh, it's also a six six. Yeah. It's interesting that these uh these there's a few of these uh these giants that uh they die unless you you sack them unless they escaped. It's like a voke. That's a mechanic we haven't seen in a long time. Yeah. Um it's kind of like a weird evoke. Except you have to evoke it the first time. Yeah, yeah. Which is cool. I like this design space they're exploring with these. So tell me why this yeah. one's good. <laughs> um 
So it it gives you value immediately, right? It's an ATP. So three mana to ramp and gain three life isn't the worst thing. Mm-hmm. It's not the best thing, but it's the worst thing. So if you're playing a sort of ramp deck, um, right, your your big problems are getting run over by aggro decks, so getting some life is nice there. And then if you escape it, you're basically paying four mana for a 6-6. Six, six. And ignoring the fact that it gains life and ramps you, you're drawing a card. Yeah. So true. four mana 6-6 six, six says enter the battlefield, draw a card whenever attacks, draw a card. Seems <clears throat> good. Now let's be real. You just like it because it's green, a giant, and a 6-6. Six, six. <laughs> that gets lands into play. Now, before any of you out there ask me, is this card good at Amulet? No, shut up. It's not. It's terrible. <laughs> Girl uh, Spiral is not good in the deck. Too hard to cast. Why would this card be any better? Um, also, exiling five other cards from your graveyard? That's a lot of cards. Yeah, in Amulet? Yikes. Same reason yeah. uh, Drown in the Walk is a little dicey against Amulet a lot of the time. Because you don't really... I mean, well, you have, like, Once Upon a Time now, ooh, it's a free cantrip. Yeah, that's a one card. All the other cards go to your graveyard is because people killed them. Just Ancient Stirrings? <laughs> yeah, speaking of Ancient Stirrings, uh, thank you for reminding me, John, going back to talk about Amulet Titan Deckless. Um, <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? The, all the Amulet lists are very, they're all the same exact 75, so basically... They're not playing Ancient Stirrings at all. What? They just don't play it. They play Explorer instead. Whoa, we're back in Explorer land? Oof. So Explorer, more powerful cantrip than Ancient Stirrings. There you go. Wow. How the turntables have turned. <laughs> but even with Explorer, there's no way in hell you're getting five cards in a graveyard. Yeah. So, if this were to go into a, you know, rampy titan deck, the blue-green titan ramp decks that are floating around now might be interested in one or two of these, right? Yeah, Because they're playing fetch lands, they're playing Zakura tribe elders, as well as explorers and that kind of shit. So they have a lot more ways to get five cards in the graveyard. Yeah, I can see that. And... It is a, you know, semi-recursive 6-6. And if you're in the position where you're recurring this thing, Fuel the Dead's probably online, if not close to being online, so any card you draw is either zombies or more gas. That's true. Taking it into the deck is good, then. So it's kind of like another payoff. Because the decks can't really play Tolorio West in any great number anymore, because you can't really pick them up, because you don't really play Bounce Lands. Because you don't play Bounce Lands, because you don't play Amulets, so just having more threats is probably not the worst place to be. Yeah, it makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, card's cool. Ah, <sighs> you gonna pick some up? Uh, yeah. It depends. Um, because I don't really know exactly if this blue-green Titan deck is the kind of deck I really want to be playing. Because I didn't particularly find Titan, like, yeah, I was playing Breach Titan, but I didn't particularly find the deck all that interesting to play. 
you do the same thing all the time and it gets kind of old. Um, just like the, the big differences I see between this deck and Amulet Titan. Um, Amulet Titan is a much more like toolboxy type of deck. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a this ramp deck might be just a kind of meta call because you know you beat Oko by either going over the top of it or comboing out, right? You don't really beat Oko decks by plague removal and creatures. You beat them by wargating in another Oko. Ah, uh, yes, clearly. I haven't forgotten. We're gonna have to have to get cooking on this one after the cast, Chris. <laughs> yeah, if if I'm still interested in the a, a no amulet ramp field deck, then yeah, I'll probably try and pick some up for to try it out. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if it has a home in Pioneer anymore since field is banned. I don't really know if there's. I, I've kind of been away for a few weeks. So I don't. I've really been keeping up exactly with Pioneer, so I don't know if there's still blue green ramp decks running around doing anything. Uh, a little bit, not a not a whole lot. There, but there are some. The lack of decks. the lack of fetch lands hurts this card a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> well, I think that's kind of our crop of spoilers we really wanted to go over. Um, we're coming up against the over the two hour mark here, so I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up for our first episode back here. Uh, anything else you want to chat about before we get into our uh, solid week? Um, can we talk about mystical dispute in what context? <laughs> Do you think that this card is just just really good and deserves to be in everyone's sideboard? Or do you think it's kind of an inbred card because of the Oko Menace? Oh, it's super inbred. Um, I see it mostly on like uh, challenges on Moto, I feel like, and at, like these SCG events where I see like a lot of them. I see a main deck sometimes, too. Um, yeah, it's like... I don't think I don't. Yeah, I think it's not just because of Oko. I think it's because of Urza too. Because um, most of the hammer cards in the Urza decks are blue. That's true. Um, you know, you got Wur, you got Urza, um, you've got sideboard cards like Tezzeret. All that's not as popular as it used to be. Um, the counter spells. So if you want to counter fight against someone else doing stupid ass shit, um, Oko obviously is um, you know very important to answer, especially on the draw. You know. Um, um, having a, an answer on the draw is really important. Also, um, to be able to gem your Oko on turn four, and you can have that as protection. Um, no, I, I think I don't. I think it's an inbred card. I mean, it's good, but I don't think it. I don't think it would see as wide as much widespread play as it as it is. Um, I think there are other counter spells that are worth playing if you are concerned about the meta at large. Um, like our meta at our shop doesn't really have very much in the way of these, you know, Urza um, Titan type decks that are, you know, kind of at the top of the format uh, as a whole. Uh, it's just got like a real wide slice of the format. You know, it's um, kind of like, you know, people play what they like playing there. And so you can run into anything. It's kind of when people talk about modern, there's the tournament modern versus like, you know, the shop modern. And we definitely have like the fucking, you know, soup. <laughs> we got everything. Like you have to be ready to play against a very wide open format um but also you know not just you know stone cold to the the big decks and 
I just think, you know, counter spells on the sideboard like Disdainful Stroke or even Ceremonious Rejection, although I'm not a big fan of that card and yeah, stuff like I that. I mean, like, Dispel so we even. have, for like some context, at our shop, we have me playing Amulet like almost all the time now. Partially because I'm too lazy to, or uninspired to, to put something else together. Then <laughs> um, John's still in love with the four color snow deck. We have people playing who play Bant Snow. One or two, but not very common. We have Burn players. We have Eldrazi Tron players. A lot of Eldrazi Tron and Tron. We have Ivan showing up with Golos Tron. Uh, we have someone who is playing Ninja Fairies. Prison Slivers. We have, elves. We have Prison Slivers. Like, humans. There's all kinds of malarkey. Well, we have the Jund player. Um. There's uh, someone that plays. Uh, uh, we had I've played two different people playing mono green Stompy the last two weeks. Um, yeah, and then someone's playing like four color shadow. Uh, two people at least playing uh, four color or three color shadow. We got Sam on his mono white deck. Um, I think there's still some guy out there playing Mardu. Yeah, there's a guy who plays Mardu. Uh, I mean, we've got what we get almost close to like forty people at some of these events, right? Like yeah. the 30s to 40. And yeah, it's just it's like Wild Wild West, man. Uh, there's like maybe one, maybe two people playing or is this in their deck? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe two if you're lucky. Maybe three on a really lucky night. Uh, and then sometimes we have a bunch of people show up playing Amulet, like three, maybe four. Tron. Tron has been the like the 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 most popular deck, I would say, lately. The, uh, Tron slash Eldrazi Tron. We've had, you know, four people playing one of those decks on a given night sometimes. Um, but, um, yeah, it's all over the place. And I, I don't know how many shops are like this, but I think I think a lot of them are. And so... Oh, it's like even Infect still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had different two different people play Infect recently. Um, yeah, it's just, um, it's you know, it's hard to, to justify something like mystical dispute in in a room like that, right? But... When we look at, you know, the SEG results where, you know, how many people was it um, were on these, you know, Titan and Urza decks? It was like 50%, right? Like, it was a lot it's like, of... It's not even good against the Titan deck except for Oko. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's bad Mana Leak. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, is it's like bad Mana Leak is still okay, and Oko is just so important. Yeah, our, uh, so our top eight from this last week was Twiddlestorm, Four Color Wurza, Eldrazi Tron, Four Color Shadow, Iceberg, Titan Shift, Eldrazi Tron, and Mill. And then the week before that, we had Burn, Blue White Stoneblade, Golos Tron, Sahili Nexus, Mono White Martyr, Grixis Control, Eldrazi Tron, and Tron. Like, like what? What was before that? Tron, Bant, Snoko, Goblins, Counter Cat, Titan Breach, Iceberg, Jund, and Ad Nauseum. Like, this is like, wow, Ad Nauseum. Uh, yeah, it was uh, that was uh, Jason, the guy that always plays at or used to always play Ad Nauseum. He plays Pioneer now mainly, I think. But you know, the guy that was always playing, yeah, yeah, PPTQs with Ad Nauseum and did well for a long, long time. Yeah, he broke out the deck, I guess. But yeah, it's like the meta is just 
all over the place. Everyone has multiple decks for the most part, and they bring whatever, you know, fetches their fancy on a given night, except for me and you these days, it seems like. Um, so yeah, I know. I don't know, you know, I don't know how many, I mean, it depends what your meta is like, right? Like, there's local metas, there's Moto, which seems to be infested with burn all the time. Just oodles of burn. Because everyone's just trying to grind leagues and get, you know, a positive record and get grind value. Probably watching, like, TV while they do it or something. It's probably why they're so slow and make Kevin fucking rage. They're probably, like, grinding leagues while watching, like, Cartoon Network or something. I don't know. And part of me still wants to play, um, like, a Reclamation deck with Pan Glacial Worm. Do it! The world is your oyster. <laughs> I'm just like, what am I going to stop? I'm just going to play a worm. I got them. I got the worms. You need worms? I got worms. I got worms. I got all the worms you need. Because <laughs> I, I think I only played that deck at FNM, like, once. Yeah, I played it twice, and I think you... And it was such a bitch not going to time. Because I I never played the deck before, and like one of the win cons is like getting yourself down to the only card in your deck is Blue Sun Zenith, and then you just Blue Sun your opponent a million like over the course of three turns to kill them. Yeah, which is just like really difficult to like get around to doing in Vapor. Yeah, the the deck has other win. Oko now is like more of a win con in in that rec deck. Yeah, um, I did play against it a couple weeks back though. Um, they got outgrounded, outground by, you know, iceberg. But yeah, oh my god, cryptic command and and mystic sanctuary. Ugh. What a fucking nightmare to play against. Oh, yeah. Mystic sanctuary. It was like a lot of like they're like, oh, mystic sanctuary, put my thing back on top. And I was like, uh, I guess I assassin's trophy your mystic sanctuary. <laughs> like shuffle the cryptic back in and get rid of the land so they can't bounce it. It's like, ugh, this miserable grindy gameplay. Um, just, you know, using spells on lands, which feels terrible. Um, yeah, they could just play Veil of Summer. <laughs> ugh, yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, like, Veil of Summer just, you know, puts a stop to all that nonsense immediately if it shows up. Um, but yeah. Anyways, anything else, uh, before we get into our, uh, Salt of the Week? How bad must it feel? They're like, oh, Nexus Fate, you're like, aha! Ugh. Force of Negation! Veil of Summer. Get fucked. Get fucking fucked, kid. Yeah. Do not want. That sounds awful. It sounds truly, truly awful. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Chris, what's your thought of the week? What are you super hyped for, Carter deck right now? What is? What are you? What's burning a hole in your deck box? Well, I think, I think I might just put together the the ramp deck just at least for a week. Yes. See how it goes. I mean, I have all these goddamn Okos. Might as well use them, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh... But I'm really just happy I get a chance to play with Crater of Behemoth. Yeah, oh. that card's sick. <laughs> I like Mia a big hoof. Yeah, you haven't scratched that itch in a long time since Elvis has been bad. It's like Cube? Vintage Cube? I played it in the Mono Green Devotion deck. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Hoof, there it is. Doing stupid shit like burning tree into burning tree, activate Nick those hoof them. <laughs> rude. Very Or rude. the classic Hornet Queen into a crater hoof <laughs> on the same turn. 
Does it give haste to the other shit too? It doesn't, right? No, no. Yeah. This makes a bunch of really busy bees. Yeah, so the bees can't get in, but it does give the rest of your team plus five plus five. Yeah, the bees turn into an anthem. Yeah. I I enjoy Crater of Behemoth. Yeah, I fucking bet. Card is really sweet. We're gonna we're gonna do an online crest, we're gonna do league. At least a league online with this deck. I don't think the um I don't think this version's playing Crater. Yeah, it is. The one he sent? Pretty the sure. Wargate one? Oh, it's not. No. Well, we're going to do that first, because Wargate. Yeah, Wargate's sweet. <laughs> Just get this Teferi out of here. Screw Teferi. <laughs> <laughs> Seems not good. It's like the same card, right? <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. Not at all, Chris. <sighs> yeah. I enjoy tutoring up a hoof and just slapping people. Just rumble on in there. <laughs> I I don't know. I just like attacking with for big damage with big with like little idiots that shouldn't be as big as they are. Yeah, they get fucking thick AF real like quick. Like razors and, and elves, you know, it's like, oh, my heritage was an 8-8. Eight, eight. <laughs> Tap this. Yeah, we're going. We don't need mana. <laughs> what about you, John? What are you hyped for? So I've rediscovered Legacy uh, after taking a nice long break. So I'm like really excited to cast Delver of Secrets again. Uh, I fucking love that card. It's so bad in Modern, but man, in Legacy, it's so good. Um, I just like Tempo decks. I kind of gave up on them in Modern, but uh, Legacy Tempo just, oh, just. Ah, oh, it feels so good. Um, and uh, I've got like everything in blue red signed except for like Esprays and Borrowers and uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist. So I've got like the rest of the deck signed. So I'll be what um, sixty nine of seventy five signed. Um, nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm super excited to play that. Uh, and I'll be reporting back on that. Hopefully I'm going to, I'm going to bring a whole mess of decks. Definitely. I've been like doing this thing where I stopped bringing like other formats other than modern. Cause it's like, want to like, jam snow any chance possible. I still love snow, but I, like, I want to play some other shit too. So I'm putting my pre-modern deck back together. I'm bringing a legacy deck. I might even put together like blue, red, arc light for pioneer. I don't know. So I'm going to bring some other deck stuff and I'm in get some games in another format so i have more to talk about uh next episode hopefully about legacy probably get slapped by some monstrosity mike's playing you know he'll probably bring like uh 4c loam or something and just like fucking dumpster me <laughs> yeah just casual turn one jowls of the void yeah every game like cool i'm coming back next week with main deck shattering spree <laughs> yeah fucking mike I see that guy like turn one. Um, he just has the the turn one mox diamond like every game. Yeah, yeah. He always has the diamond. Always has the diamond. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna like I'm I'm gonna try playing you know some elves. Like this is way back in the day, right? I'm like playing elves. Like, okay, cool. I'm going first, right? Oh yeah, you won the die roll. All right, cool. Uh, land, uh, mox diamond, uh, Gaddock Teague. <laughs> Oh, well, I was gonna green sun on my turn one, but I guess not. 
because he'll just play an elf, go, and say, okay. Um <laughs> like like you know, Bayou Playlands, oh okay. Uh, wasteland, chalice on one, go ahead. <laughs> no fun allowed. Go home, stupid elves. <laughs> and then he's just like LOL Tabernacle. <laughs> I'll pay for my Gaddictig. <laughs> dude, that card is a rude. fucking shit stomp for elves. So Holy shit. Rude. Tabernacle? Whew. That card just slays elves. At least early. Later on, you can kind of like. You can float long enough to get a hoof going. It's like the but... only way to, to beat Tabernacle is like with Guy's Cradle. Yeah. You can kind of like. Then they tread... just wasteland your Guy's Cradle and you're like, fuck. You kind of tread water until you can natural order in a crater hoof and just like all your guys are like in a holding pattern and can like turn into damage with the crater hoof, but yeah. Yeah, like with Heritage Jude, you can kind of, they can kind of pay for themselves if you have multiples of three. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, things get kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Because then you have to have like, <laughs> like a enough, Titanic, like, like, like push them You have off. like six elves to pay for themselves and then you have to have four lands to have like, have a, like a natural order, but then all your elves are tapped. So you need some of the elves to be like, you know, uh, Korean rangers so they can untap, so they can attack. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like Titanic, man. It's like you know, it's like six elves up on a tree, and the seventh elf they just or like, if, like there's some push it off. You can untap them. <laughs> just push them out of the tree. Sorry, nettle cells don't untap. So like you need to play another elf so they can untap. So you can tap them to pay for themselves for the tabernacle. It's a, it's a mess. <laughs> yeah. And he just plays a Gattic and you just, like, fucking lose because you can't natural order. Yeah. It's dumb. <sighs> Alright, well, I think that's a good place to end. Chris bitching about Mike twice in the same podcast. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be excited when he hears this. Anyways, thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more of our head, uh, content, you can head on over to mtgconflux.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter under the same name. You can also check out our video content right here. We're recording it right now. You can check it out on our YouTube page. You can support us and join the MTG Conflux community. <laughs> Damn it, Chris. You can join the MTG Conflux community at patreon.com mtgconflux or by buying MTG Conflux shirts and swag on redbubble.com. Check out the links on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, if you have any comments or suggestions, please reach out to us. We'd love to read them. <laughs> Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around and we hope you'll join us in the next one. <laughs>